I believe that we are recording. Mike has that face. Like he pushed the button, but he's not going to tell me. The millennial the pause. Face. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. The Indie Council is in session. This is a place for the leading voices across the industry to gather to talk news, titles, and everything indie. I am your master of ceremony, Jill Grote, the Indie Informer. And today, the council looks very familiar. Glad to have the whole group back. Uh, joining the council today, creative director of Six One Indie and music festival survivor. Oh my God! Whoa, Mike Hi. Andrew. I can say your name correctly. Hi, it's Hi Mike. me. I'm alive. How are You've you done guys? it. Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> You're here, and that's what matters. <laughs> Not to already drop like an f bomb thirty seconds in, but y'all, it's been a fucked up weekend. <laughs> I am so sorry, now. Mike. I'm alive. I'm, hey, Google Blue Ridge Rock Fest. You'll know uh, what I'm talking about. It's a ride. It's a ride. Uh, and then we have Pen to Pixels founder and MVP on MinMax and kind of funny, Janet Garcia. Hey, Hello. Janet. It's taking me a long time doing? to clean these bathrooms. I'm doing all right. <laughs> yeah. Again, I'm so, I don't have that kind of stamina. I can't like stay on one thing for too long. So the fact that you are like really that dedicated to it love it thank you <laughs> you didn't have to point it out but you just put yourself on blast for the entire indian nation you could have lied yeah i'm like no i'm really efficient i can get it done in like half an hour but no yeah. i got distracted i got a phone no call. it's like you're thing. you're putting the time to you're dedicating the time to get it right and i appreciate it uh and then juggling geeks and grounds soft not weak kepler interactive and wholesome games without breaking a sweat jenny windham <laughs> I'm sweating. No. <laughs> <laughs> Every day we straight further from God's you light. You look so cool yeah. from here. You know? Oh my gosh. You, no, actually, you know what? Right now, just my story of the day is I, so I DoorDash Boba because I'm like, nice. it's launch week. I want to treat myself. They mm -hmm. didn't give me a straw. So it's been that. the most unhinged. Like I have this <laughs> oh, container of Boba now. And I'm like debating what, <gasps> I mean, I'm going to get a spoon and I'm going to just go for it. But yep. it's, it's some like... Yeah life yeah <laughs> it's it was no music civilized. fest but <laughs> yeah no clearly you have the biggest struggle of the week no. yeah <laughs> uh we'll get to struggles of the week soon but i'm gonna start uh, the oh indie news with uh some interesting things that we just heard about by the time people are watching this one of these has probably happened but i do just want to shout out that the nintendo direct and a state of play are happening Thursday, uh, September 14th, which will, for us, recording currently is tomorrow. Uh, so the state of play promises to have indies and third-party titles, so that's going to be something we'll probably talk about on the next episode. And Nintendo Direct, oh, Mike, Mike, Mike? Before we move on from the state of play, yeah. do we get it? Do we get that little devil? <laughs> No, oh my God. No, um, I don't even want to think about say, it. Don't even say it. I'm going to say yes, because yeah. at this point, I have nothing to lose but my mm -hmm. what's holding me down, which is a little different. Janet, if, if Janet loses, she has to clean, I don't know. The third bathroom that we don't third have. Bathroom. Third bathroom. <laughs> she has to build and clean a third bathroom. Um, and then Nintendo Direct is focusing on winter releases. So we could have a few Indies in there. We'll see. So um, no, that's another guys, one. I'm like, you know what? Number two, I'm do not mentions. <laughs> you just say it because they're 
the clock is right twice a day, you know, some exactly point, we're going to be right. Point, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then someone will like quote you in an article somewhere being like the genius who is all of us. Uh, we'll talk about more later with the topic of the, of the show, but yeah. um, this is the third Nintendo direct that I'm competing with for a launch. I'm yeah. launching a video game tomorrow and these motherfuckers <laughs> no. have to choose the exact date. It does seem like Nintendo has a very good uh, ability to know when big indie stuff is happening and just get in there. The like, Bowser sees my Google calendar. Yeah. <laughs> He's actually Bowser. What? Uh. Okay. Moving on to uh, perhaps the bigger topic, Unity, true to his name, has united yeah. everyone against it. That's a really positive <laughs> wow. spin. Yeah. The power um, of I'm going to read a fabulous kind of roundup article from GameSpot, I believe Janet sent over. Yes. Yeah, Jess, right? yeah just, just Howard, yeah. Jess Howard, fantastic write-up. Thank you so much. Uh, and it's a long article, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I do want to read kind of important parts here. So... Sit back and get ready for some story time. <clears throat> On September 12th, Unity Technologies, the company behind the popular cross-platform game engine Unity, announced it was rolling out a new business model. In the hours to follow, frustration, fear, and confusion from game developers spread like wildfire across social media, and for good reason. A Unity blog post, the company in a Unity blog post, the company laid out a new monetization plan that now includes a runtime fee. This fee, Unity explained, is based on the number of times a game built with the Unity engine is installed. Games developed by lower-cost plans will face charges once they hit $200,000 in revenue in a year and 200000 lifetime installations, while Unity Pro and Unity Enterprise accounts have a threshold of a million in review in revenue and a million in lifetime installations before they're charged. Once developers using Unity Engine surpass these thresholds, those using the lower tier plans will have to pay the company 20 cents per game uh, per game installation, while those on the higher tier plans will pay anywhere from 10 cents to One for some for some reason that seems like that should be a dollar. No, I think it's one cent to 15 cents, right? One cent to 15 cents. Let's go with that. It couldn't Uh, be clearer. I don't know what what your trip I'm about. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I didn't get into this game because I can play math. That confuses gamers with math. (laughs) (laughs) The plan is slated to start January 1st, 2024, and will ultimately impact a number of popular games, such as Among Us, Genshin Impact, Cuphead, Hollow Knight, Firewatch, Outer Wilds, Cult of the Lamb, Pokemon Go, and countless others. It didn't take long for developers to run calculations and realize the fees they would incur due to Unity's new business model would be astronomical, especially since the runtime fee would also work retroactively, meaning every studio with a game made using Unity's engine that had had ever passed Unity's established threshold would be responsible for paying runtime fees. Beyond that, developers also expressed confusion as to how Unity would obtain these numbers, what it meant for charity bundles and demos, how games and contracts with distribution services like Game Pass or uh, Apple Arcade might be affected. 
how piracy might infect their installation numbers, how bad faith actors could abuse installations to financially tank a studio, and several other pressing issues. Unity kept its responses to these queries vague and brief, saying, we leverage our own proprietary de- uh, data model so you can appreciate that we won't go into detail, into a lot of detail. <laughs> Do we appreciate that? Uh, but we believe it gives an accurate determination of the numbers, the uh, number of times the runtime is distributed for a given project. And then I'm going to jump down a little bit farther here. Bloop, bloop, bloop. If I can like find, I had it like highlighted and then I lost it. Bloop, 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 bloop. Everybody Jill just dance. Jill is scrolling. Bloop, 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 bloop. Jill is scrolling. <laughs> <It's a> scroll <laughs> <dance>. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> at approximately 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, West Coast, Best Coast time, on September 12th, Axios reporter Stephen Tutillo stated that Unity executive Mark Witten had reached out to him with an update amending and clarifying some of the company's more contentious terms. Witten told Tertillo that after regrouping, the company decided the uh, that only I messed it, I messed it up. Bloop, 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 only the initial <laughs> installation of a game will trigger a fee. Thank you. A tactic the company is choosing to employ to reduce the install bombing mentioned by both Ismail and Clark, who are somewhere in the part that I skipped over. However, it's worth noting that installing games on different systems will trigger trigger additional fees, meaning a title that a player downloads on Xbox, PC, and Steam Deck, for example, would incur three installation charges. Witten also said that most demos will be exempt from fees unless they are part of a download that includes the full game, such as titles in early access. In addition, charity bundles can be self-reported to keep them exempt from charges, yet Witten didn't, still didn't offer any explanation as to how this data would be collected or monitored. Unity also addressed the assumption that studios in, in contracts with larger distribution services, such as Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass, would be responsible for paying the installation fees occurred through that service, which, considering their reach, could be astronomical. Witten stated that studios would be off the hook as distributors are responsible for paying these fees. He cited uh developer aggro grabs relationship with xbox game pass as an example uh and i want to talk about aggro grab because they were one of the first people to put out um one of these text on backgrounds for social media and there are a lot of them now um so i kind of want to read their initial response to all of this as well and again this is a developing thing so keep that in mind as you're watching and maybe everything has changed uh, as you're seeing this, but as of today, this is what's going down. So this is what AgroCrab uh, said in their statement. Today, Unity, the engine we use to make our games, announced that they'll soon be taking a fee from developers for every copy of the game installed over a certain threshold, regardless of how that copy was obtained. Guess who has a somewhat highly anticipated game coming to Xbox Game Pass in 2024? That's right. It's us. <laughs> And a lot of other developers. That means another Crab's Treasure will be free to install for the 25 million Game Pass subscribers. 
If a fraction of those users download our game, Unity could take a fee that puts an enormous dent in our income and threatens the sustainability of our business. And that's before we, we even think about sales on other platforms or pirated installs of our game or even multiple installs by the same user. This decision puts us and countless other studios in a position where we might not be able to justify using Unity for our future titles. If these changes aren't rolled back, we'll be heavily considering abandoning our wealth of Unity expertise we've uh, accumulated over the years and starting from scratch in a new engine, which is really something we'd rather not do. On behalf of the dev community, we are calling on Unity to reverse the latest in a string of short-sighted decisions that seem to prioritize shareholders over their product's actual users. I fucking hate it here. Uh, And then one more thing I want to drop in before I kind of open up the discussion um, is we saw sort of the developer side. I want to talk a little bit too about the publisher side with something Devolver Digital put out by simply saying uh, they put this out on social media as well. If they're getting pitches, those studios should be including what um, engine they are using for the game as it is now extremely important as to whether or not that's a viable game. Um, And also from uh, other developers, we're starting to hear rumors of lawsuits and we'll see with all of that going on. But uh, I feel like I've been talking forever. So let's go ahead and shoot this over. Jenny, I know that you have feelings about this and I would love (laughs) to hear them. It's, they're not good feelings. I'll say that. Um, It's, absolute it's horrible like it's just like as as a developer myself like for soft not weak when we saw the news like there was this crisis of like are are we even going to make this game how is this game going to come out if it's a success will it bankrupt us at this you know like Mm -hmm. there's so many things that already are incredibly complex and hard about making a game and by throwing this kind of announcement just like so abruptly without really any warning into the mix um i mean we were one of many many devs uh, that were talking online and internally about just like what does it mean now if we're making a game using unity and what does this change and honestly it changes quite a bit and like i've talked to some other devs who are like in- encouraging others like if you're early enough in your project to switch it now just don't even use unity now don't even risk it um Mm -hmm. the trust that has been broken i mean and the trust was already waning but it has been absolutely severed at this point um and yeah it's just horrible it's just horrible that's what i've been sort of uh, talking to people saying when as talking to people even if as i suspect they're they're going to roll this back uh, there's no way they can't. This would be wild. I, I hear so. I, I hear it in your voice, Mike. You're, that you're disagreeing with me. Uh, my my goodness, my my faith in the goodness of humanity means that I don't look at me like that. Um, I, I can't see them not rolling this back. But even if they do, and everything goes back to the way it was, there is damage done. The amount of people who are just going to jump ship because they could choose to do this at any moment again is it's too risky mike how you feeling this fucking fuck this noise (laughs) like (laughs) these are just it's just a 
greedy play and it's like disgusting um like jenny was saying like yeah this could like if you have an overnight success like a, uh, an indie studio like let's say vampire survivors is an unknown quantity at this point and it's being developed in unity and all of a sudden blows up over- overnight you're risking bankrupting that studio for having a successful breakout video game and that is unfair that's 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 wrong that shouldn't that shouldn't be the case just for using a tool that you are familiar with and you're comfortable using right oh, and like the discourse train <laughs> sorry that's a, train's on my side <laughs> church bells um yeah and kind of piggybacking off your point of like you believe that they're gonna reverse this call i hope they do like and i every time i see one of these like studio messages i'm trying to signal boost it on the six one account that's all the six one account's been for the past couple days just Mm -hmm. like retweeting things um i have a feeling they're not gonna totally go back on things i think they do have a plan in place and this is just a way to like outrage people go with their actual plan and folks consider it a quote-unquote win whatever mm-hmm. that may be some sort of subscription serve like a i know there is some sort of subscription service in place ready but maybe something a little more i don't know a, a easier pill to swallow but i i think no matter what they're just they're they are at the end of the day they're gonna do their best to monetize folks installing games or doing something mm-hmm. or at least using the tool like maybe they do they go the route of adobe or pro tools or something like that and it is 25 bucks 50 bucks a month to use the tools well, but they already have their subscription. Like you already pay for yeah, seats yeah. to use it, right, which right. is like kind of insult to injury at this point. Cause it's like, we're already paying to use this service. Cause once you hit like a certain threshold, um, you, you know, unity is available for free, but it, any, most game developers are above that free threshold. And so you're right. already paying for that. And so it's like, we're paying for this and now we're paying to build on something that potentially could wreck us. Like, yeah. I, I'm more so thinking like they, tie this installation thing to those ah yes okay i see yeah like for i I, i've never touched unity in my life uh for whatever it is 50 bucks a month the install rate is i don't know it's at like that 200 they kind of already have that though right in what they have mentioned in like their rollout where that's where it's like the 10 cent one cent or whatever which by the way that was a joke about how convoluted their explanation is yes. not a joke about your math by the way no, no, no. <laughs> it's so clear for people Both to listen funny but yeah like yeah like it's even in the more complicated it is to explain how something works i feel like the worse the idea is it's like it yeah. like i think they did have a clear idea of what they were putting out there but the layers of even the complication within well if you're above this threshold but you're like this level subscriber like you know personal slash plus versus pro enterprise and it's like right. you get screwed over a little or screwed over a lot but if you're screwed over a lot you probably already were gonna be a lot so it's like the same difference you know it's like all these layers of extra the right. degree to which this is a bad situation um but yeah this this is a unfortunate i mean i don't think they're gonna roll it back either i am slightly made more optimistic by the ways they've already started to again it's it's tough to know do they rein in some of what they said or are they just clarifying but really because it kind of had like there was that you know i followed some of steven's reporting on it and there was sort of like a they had to sort of talk behind the scenes it's like were you clarifying or did you just sign them like i feel like that part's a little bit gray on yeah how i they think went that's about it. where i'm feeling a little lost also like i didn't realize like until i blinked it out for a second but yeah i didn't realize it was part of the subscription thing already so it seems like the messaging is changing every time there is 
something yeah. being said. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is the monetization part of this. I think they thought they were being very clever in being like, okay, if you're part of Unity Personal or Plus, once you hit over that 200,000 threshold, you get 20 cents per whatever. But if you're part of Unity Pro or Enterprise, you can hit up to a million. Um, so I think that's what they're trying to pressure people into doing is jumping up to those upper levels because it's going to be a lot cheaper to pay for higher levels, I assume, than getting hit yeah. twice as much by the every install fee. But like gross and icky. Clarify my thought a little bit. I think they introduced an unlimited plan. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah, maybe. what, what cool frustrates me. What frustrates me the most too is that install is like the, I I think that you mentioned they were like trying to clarify like oh it has to be an install related to the full game so it's like because I know a lot of people were talking about like oh well installing a demo does that count right. like what does that mean um, but I think even this element of okay sure we're clarifying. <laughs> um, ish that this is like an install related to the full game it's like how are you measuring that like at, right. where are we getting this data from and um, they're not telling us they're not they're saying, not saying anything. they're yeah. like trust us we've got real special yeah. fancy code to let us know that that's the case somehow <laughs> and trust me is no, no longer valid yeah. <laughs> because they have already established that they're they're unable to communicate clearly right this is the sort of thing that worries me for like we have a Steam Next Fest coming up, and that's a huge part of a lot of indies marketing plans. That's a huge part of my coverage. I love covering these types of shows. Um, how do you decide if the demos placed there will become a part of the full game or not later on? How well, does this? Oh, sorry. sorry. Go ahead. No, for, for it, this rolls out in 2024, right? So at least for this initial next fest that's in a few weeks yeah. at this point. But it's like, retroactive. Okay. They yeah. said it's not retroactive, though, didn't they? No, no, no. But they it's took out retroactive. the retroactive. retroactive. Yeah. So anyone oh, so who's okay. yeah, anyone yeah. who's From, using it, I think like within the last two years, okay, like is already like building up their their threshold. Um, yeah, don't you get it? It's so simple. Yeah, yeah exactly. What's the, where's the confusion? Just look at the chart. Yeah. Just look at the chart. No, I made the, the pre-order chart. It's funny because I first like found out about this like on when I did KFGD with Bless, and he's like, Twitter's been going crazy, and I was like, I just woke up, so I like don't have, <laughs> I have not opened my phone. I barely knew I was on the show today, but I, you know, so I kind of just got that info then. And I've sort of seen it roll out, you know, on my own feeds and things, and yeah, it like reminded me of when PS Plus was revamped, and it was like the the explanation. You have these charts, or like the. I don't know. People always troll the like weird Ubisoft pre-order grid and thing. It, this kind of had a lot of that energy, mm-hmm. um, which was also like kind of a red flag. Like partway through it, you kind of start to lose track of where the threads or the through lines are. But yeah, it's it's interesting too because I feel like there's this weird pass the buck element too where they're like well game pass will be okay because we'll make microsoft pay for it but then microsoft might be like oh, who said i uh, want to pay for this yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> that's like, what i'm yeah, very that- interested in seeing is how microsoft responds to this because when the, suddenly they're like we don't have a contract they're like you're not going to kill game pass this is all we like, have like, yeah. you know what i mean we like, that, that is their thing that's the we've whole got thing. that microsoft money like we coming after you if you're gonna like right that has to be their their I plan feel like of like you can't do this to our service. This is such a 
it's such a modern evil capitalist play and again every mm-hmm. company is out for money um yeah i always say like it, i mentioned this on kfgd as well even when companies do good things you have to be aware that usually that's still for financial benefit you know it's not just yeah. like the kindness of your heart unless you're like literally a charity nonprofit kind of situation um and i think that's fine that's like how the world functions right but you kind of look at this and this is on that like if we think of the alignment charts right it's on that more evil end of the spectrum just because it is petty, but it is also a response to the way the market's moving, where it's like, um, like, bless Brad, like with Sea of Stars and all the like the hit and the downloads. It's like, Uni looked at that and said, how can I make this about me? <laughs> you know, right. it's like, how can yeah. I get, um, how can I like get more out of the way modern gaming works? And I think especially with Xbox, it's such a, like a, a knife to Game Pass in so many ways. And, and also Microsoft's ethos of play anywhere like download here don't download that cloud you know that's their whole thing is like downloading stuff everywhere and this kind of I don't know it shifts everything it changes I think like potentially player behavior on okay should I like really talk about like like, don't don't download if you're gonna play it I'm like okay I'm not even going down you know what I mean like (laughs) yeah don't don't delete it and reinstall it because then that's gonna be even though they kind of talked about that might not count but then it's like how are you really it's counting like, that? You know? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah like, how do you know? It's on the chart. Self-report. Yeah. They want you to like self-report that. And that not same thought process there. works for um, like a Steam Deck too, because yeah. the whole point of the Steam Deck is to have it on your computer and be able to take it on the go. And that's at least two mm-hmm. installs. So Steam's going to get involved in this. Hey, you're cutting in, into our revenue. So I can't just for the big dogs getting hurt in this i can't see this happening and going through even if it's not a faith in humanity situation sure yeah um yeah i i and and just to bring it to sort of my perspective as an indie journalist and covering indie games like a big part of the process for us is getting game code so that we can play a game and tell you what we think about it when it launches how is that going to work? Like Mm -hmm. to what degree are the people who are not huge companies going to get any code? Like, am I going to suddenly see a bunch of people like, sorry, we can't afford to let you have any sort of preview opportunities or review opportunities because it costs us literally money and we cannot um, bottom line your views are not going to bring in more revenue than it will cost us to produce. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's, so yeah, I was thinking about that. Cause like, that's a huge part of my job as well from a, the distribution side. Right. Where it's like, I, I really try to do my best where it's like, of course I hit the biggest, you know, streamers I can, but like a, one of the joys of my job is finding smaller channels, channels that may not often get those opportunities and be like, I can get you a steam key, for example, because those tend to be easier for us to distribute um, more readily. And it's like, if it becomes a matter of not just the, Hey, we can't do consoles for you, but maybe we could give you a PC key. But oh, now that we're focusing on engines for in unity, I can't give you a steam key either. I have to be much more judicious or like um, strict about this. It's, really unfortunate because it limits a lot of my side as well yeah even like again this will kind of like segue a little bit into the main topic it's like a lot of times especially like this time of year i mean this year in general where everybody's fighting for attention like i will just drop a random key to pc gamer or ign be like hey i think you'll like it you should check it out am i like burning a key like that now Mm -hmm. like 
It's like only it, if they download oh, it, which is what you wanted. Oh, but is it what you wanted? Because if they download it yeah. and don't cover it, you're like, Dang uh, cool. Thanks for yes. doing that. This reminds me of um, which I feel like is, again that's such the opposite of you know like Jill when we had like those indie devs on they mentioned like at least download it right if we give you a code like I get it, if you don't yeah. have time to cover it now they're gonna be like never mind you know never mind don't but, do it. Uh, this reminds me of um my, my boyfriend and one of his friends play this game called make it whack where they like name something that's decent <laughs> and then they try to make it whack so it'd be like oh you have like I don't know it's all you can eat oh but it's like old country buffet I don't know right I'm just making it more <laughs> that old country buffet I had to catch a stray but I've gotten sick there every time I've eaten there and I don't eat there anymore um this is like yeah, make it wet. It's like, oh, it's a game engine. You can make some games in it. Oh, but also every time someone uh, downloads it, it costs you money. It's like, oh, like, you know, this monkey is situation. it's a monkey paw. Yeah, monkey paw slash make it whack Unity edition. Um, I think it also just sucks too because, and I'm not, you know, a developer. I have not tinkered in in development at all, but I feel like Unity was such a staple for at least a while of mm-hmm. starter engine. And that's not to disparage Unity because a lot of people make games in Unity, but that's one of you know, it's one of the ones I know, right? Where it's like, I don't even do development, but like Unity has always been that that staple in so many ways. And, you know, right. like Jenny, you mentioned that like, it was kind of already waiting to begin with, which I have, you know, definitely hear rumblings of nothing's perfect, right? But this is just so, I don't know, man. Like it's gonna, I feel like this is, this is a documentary waiting to happen. Like the developers oh, who had to like yeah. switch projects, the like people that had to like relearn stuff. Like I, I think the ramifications of this are going to be huge it's just it could be also one of those things though where how much do we as the public really know about that maybe not as much but like there are i think teams that can really turn into shambles over this um this is already a hard industry people leave all the time this this could have sent people over the edge like i'm not even joking like in terms of their career and what they're doing like you know it's like it it takes a lot less to send me over the edge i know that so like I, i imagine for a lot of studios slack was popping off that day right i'm not gonna lie like i'm not lying when i said like in our team discord for soft not week like we were like are we making a game are we doing this like is this gonna happen you know and it is because we 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 are far enough deep into the well that we need to just commit but um yeah it's like if i was earlier in a project at the very least, I would be switching engines at this point. Because I think this idea of a company like Unity thinking that they can suddenly change their like terms of service, <laughs> that's huge, like in, yeah. in the worst possible way. Um, yeah. I want to know how that works legally. You know, like how do you get held legally for something <laughs> you didn't agree to when you started? How do you hold legally responsible a a third party like Game Pass that has never had a contract with you to be like, okay, you're on the hook for the people who have decided to contract with you who work for us. Like, I don't even know how you hold that up in a court of law. Um, Like, I don't know how this works. I don't know how they thought that this would work. Like, I, I, there's so many doubts in my mind as to th- how this can actually happen in reality, but like, obviously they're going to try to get that money. And like what Janet was saying about this industry being hard enough, if you are a developer who has put five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever in learning unity, and that's what you know, and that's your skill set. And all of a sudden, games just can't be made in Unity anymore to be feasible. You suddenly are back at square one with no marketable 
like designer skills. You can say I've been in the industry for however long, but like I have to learn a whole new engine and the people who don't have that problem are going to get hired and we're going to have more developers having like layoffs and not getting jobs and the industry shrinking even further. And like indies are all about diversity and people who are usually not in that cycle who can come in and can make the thing. And the fact that this is sort of destroying that, like an avenue to doing that is uh, like flames, flames, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So we're assuming Microsoft is going to start the uh, lawsuit train first. I think it would if be. We're talking about. I feel like they're tired of being point. in court, though. Like you yeah. have to. Yeah. Like, no. You have to read Bill Spencer's punch in the air right now. <laughs> like, get me out the, of here. The, like, the when's, again? when's that suit back from the dry cleaning? Because we really, I need it. <laughs> I need it yesterday. The Their lawyers are probably like, so stressed, but they're yeah. also probably like rake i mean the lawyers are they're the lawyers are in. happy yeah they're right. locked in for a good at this point i feel yeah, the, like next microsoft are like oh, again phil <laughs> jesus it's like that situation where all the big three were on stage together but this time they're all walking into like a courtroom together my cousin oh yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> also not me now googling random indie games i play and like is this made in unity yeah yeah well because at this point if even, you know, with this sort of like, it's a two year retroactive thing. Like I'm curious about also how that may impact like developers who are currently joking, like, well, guess got to delete my game. But at a certain point, what does that do for like game? Um, what's the word? Like, uh, like history, preservation, like if there are, if it does get to a point where developers are like, we have to remove this, like we can't have this anywhere where people play. It's like, that is a huge chunk of gaming history that could be lost um that also is really worrisome and that's a like a feasible thing because cult of the lamb threatened to do exactly that do you think they're gonna do that i like didn't know how to read that because i I was i was giving it to cheek yeah (laughs) i was like like, i wouldn't be surprised if they did Fucking Cult of the Lamb PS5s are going to be going for like a couple hundred dollars this year. <laughs> all over go again. Physical yeah, right next to now, folks. No, uh-huh. the, the Unity version of console. Like, if people end up doing that, which I don't know if they will, right? someone probably will do like a console f- with full of games that people deleted because of the Unity thing. Like the Unity mm-hmm. version of it. Just get like a terabyte and then just port them all there. Mm-hmm. Right. Which again, and like I'm... I'm hoping because I I think what Mike said earlier about like maybe what they did is they did the most extreme version of this policy so they could roll it back, make it seem like a win. So, you know, I'm I'm hoping that that's the case and we don't see actual like games having to be removed because of the insustainability of it. But man, that that is like the darkest path I see is people actually having to remove titles. What about is there anything in there about? physical copies because like obviously indie physical things are a thing right yeah. <laughs> you just have to download them so i think those kind that's, of that's what i'm yeah oh, well like that's the other weird thing like on switch you don't have to download them <laughs> you do what if you, wait, you do don't you yeah. i don't think so you just pop it in you pop in the cartridge and you're you're good you're good to go mm-hmm. nah you download them wouldn't this be- i haven't done it in like three years <laughs> So you know you're false flagging then is what you're doing here with this cartridge. In like five years, this is just a man holding up games 
a camera. <laughs> pretending that he knows. I I have never put any of these in a side of of switch. No. Well, I I mean, are they? Are you saving them? Like, are they sealed? No. Could you? Is your switch near you? Could you pop one in now and tell us what happens? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Sure, I'll, I'll go get it. Yeah, yeah. Do some Live. some jur- some journalism. This journalism yeah, yeah. we've been hearing about. Scoops. <laughs> I really love the idea that this decision could, in five years, be the catalyst for, like, now we're all back to, like, cartridge <laughs> retro gaming that includes no installs. Uh, I'm sort of down. Yeah, no. it's just it's just so <laughs> weird. Like, the whole down. thing, it's just, like, none of it make. it's just, other than right. the framework of making money, none of it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think I mean, even that can cut in the negative way, right? Like, if this really ends up being the mass exodus from Unity, then Unity won't. Now, maybe they've kind of crunched the numbers and they're like, even if I'm making it up, right? If even if half the people leave with this new plan, we'll be making more money than before. Like, maybe they're really confident in that. But that's kind of where, again, like, capitalism forces the hand of a certain level of morality. Like, even if Unity backs right. off on this, like, and again, you know, companies change over time. There are different people in leadership. I do think it's possible for companies to change their tune genuinely. Oh my god, Mike has the the switch pulled up. That's He's amazing. putting the cartridge yes, in. Do it. It's very hard it, to do this. It clicked, but we couldn't hear it. But we f- we felt it through the yeah. screen. It, it's hard to do it backwards. Reverberated through our okay, soul. It's there. When you click it, though, when you click it, when you click it, what happens? When you click A on it. The whole rest of the show is just going to be Mike yeah. playing a game. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, maybe sometimes you don't. Maybe sometimes you don't. Sometimes I definitely think you do, though. Like, I don't think I hallucinate that. But maybe no, it's not always. I think, like, I think I it's think just like day one patches. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, Possible. Maybe. Yeah. Either way, it's like, okay, so if if this is a thing that sticks around, then physical copies don't count as an install? Like, what is yeah, that? Maybe. Like, that is weird. like, on playstation they have to install oh for sure maybe yeah. installing for a minute on there i don't know what's going on but um <laughs> minute by devolver digital i know uh yeah great great, great game. nintendo game. becomes king of the indies again yeah this is they're like this is how i win um <laughs> no but just to because I, I realized i stopped my sentence to uh, look at my what the switch game <laughs> what game was that by the way uh wavetail an old stadia yeah. exclusive oh, switch okay. recently so, uh this is the life. Uh, special edition from Super Rare Games got this like sick nice. ass with it. Hell yeah, yeah cool. that's cool. Um, but yeah, like even if they end up rolling it back, it's like you showed us kind of who you were and what you wanted. It, it kind of reminds me of even like back in the day when Xbox did the always online thing. Again, different leadership now, so maybe they genuinely feel differently about a lot of those things. But when they had to roll that back, I'm like, but now I know what you really want from me as a player, which is like me to really be into your stuff, like logged in and all that. So it's like, yeah. The only thing we haven't seen is like people doing ridiculous memes to a degree. But you've seen that even from other like, you know, people tweeting out like, hey, come to our user engine. Oh, we don't hate developers. Like that was like, I think mm-hmm. RPG Maker tweeted that out or something. Mm-hmm. But somebody did, anyway, yeah. it's going to be, I don't know. It's going to be a messy few Scary. weeks. It will. I don't know anything about stocks. <laughs> I just know it's an imaginary <laughs> thing that rich people play with. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, <laughs> gaming for rich people. <laughs> it is gaming for rich people. Um, but I mean, it looks like it's there's a big sharp decline. So I don't know. Like maybe if the sentiment is negative for long enough, we'll see something good come of it. But the y'all yeah. buy community stocks? <laughs> Does Indie Council want to <laughs> when, it, when it goes back? Oh, God. <laughs> and we sell. Oh my gosh! Please do not take any of our recommendations. We are not financial people. <laughs> this Obviously. could be our GameStop story. <laughs> yeah. 
here we go. And then we'll pay all the unity fees for the next whatever yeah. amount yeah. of time. That's our thing. We're like, what's Up his to name? Two hundred thousand. Robs people. <laughs> the guy who robs people. Wait, what Robin is his name? Hood? Yeah, thank you. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> all I could think of was Peter Pan. It's like, close, all right? They're like Peter they, Pan robs kids. They're probably best friends. friends. You know, he's doing some shady stuff for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Anybody else want to throw in their <laughs> unity thoughts before we, uh, I mean, I know we're going to look, we're going to finish this podcast. It's going to be great. Everyone's going to be happy. And then like something huge will develop yeah. with the story and uh, it'll be like, we'll be tacking it on at the end. Like, and we didn't know about this beforehand, but. Uh, Jenny, Jenny, not to put this out in the universe. Do you think there is a day where steam charges for keys? I mean, don't they uh, for like, I think hopefully not any less, but I think they have a cap where now they oh, do, do they? like charge. Yeah, it's like a, it's pretty high, but I think there is a point. Nobody quote me on this. Um, <laughs> they had something that they changed within the last six months where it was like, you can't just like ask for infinity keys sure. anymore. There is some sort of a cap. Um, yeah, I feel like I've never asked for more than like 200, 300. So yeah, I feel definitely not that. I should probably know this, but I haven't hit it yet, so it hasn't concerned me yeah. at this point. Um, but yeah, if Steam ever starts like really cracking down, Oof. oh god, I would be very sad. It's like I wouldn't be surprised with all like the curator bullshit and all like the CD keys. Don't and stuff like get that. me started on Steam curators oh. because their messages have been filling my <laughs> inboxes yep. the last few days, and I could just I could. I'm, there are some lovely people who curate games using Steam Curator, but of I'm course. just like, you are maybe 0.001% of what that part the of Steam, Steam Curators, is. the dot blog spot things. Wait, what is the, oh. at the risk of opening a can of worms, what is the Steam Cure? What is this? So on Steam, <laughs> do you know? <laughs> Come on, this, Steam, but I guess I must have, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I just see, like look, for, I just look up Goobies and then I don't play it. Jay, I downloaded no, it, I didn't play it. I'm sorry, Goobies. I don't know. <laughs> Janet are you making sure everybody, everybody knows? Play Goobies. <laughs> Is it made Goobies gang? It's been zero hours since our last Goobies reference. <laughs> um, zero podcasts. Um, we should honestly talk about like we should dedicate a whole thing. Yeah, to maybe Steam it's like curators. a separate like okay. a separate thing. I'm making short... it now. Separate thing. <laughs> Steam curators. The short okay. answer is um, on Steam, you will see sometimes panels that show like this person recommended the game. Um, you have a Steam curator recommended if you follow Steam curators. And what they do is they often have the opportunity uh, via Steam, was it Steam Connect, Curator Connect, um, or Someone emailing that. devs to ask for keys to put in this recommendation, yes or no. The thing is, um, and it's like a one sentence recommendation. No one looks at Steam curators. No one looks at Steam curators. There is no benefit for a Steam curator ever to give a thumbs down because that just like buries their, like they won't show recommendations that are thumbs down. Steam only shows thumbs up. So they're never incentivized to actually curate really um, or very rarely. Again, 0.001% does a decent job, but you are rare unicorns if you're listening. And it's just, it's just a scam to get keys. Oftentimes they'll be like, hmm. Me and my friends all curate together. Could you send me five keys? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. mm, okay. really? Interesting. <laughs> okay. Dude, there's those. There's, yeah, there's these like block spot emails. There's uh, 
YouTube channels that appear at a glance to be legit. Uh, they have like 30K on, on subs yeah. or whatever. But if you go into their videos, like all the comments are like, wow, what insightful reviews from all these, these fake ass accounts. Oh my God. And they always, they always have like, between like three to 5K views. And so always. you're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, there's a whole, Can there's a whole We need an indie, an indie scams like Hotline. alert. Hot, yeah, I don't know what you call the episode <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Because um, I... I I mean, some of those don't surprise me because it's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I've heard of stuff like this, but I wasn't as... You guys, like, live it. So I'm, like, kind of curious now what the rest of that world looks like. I could could read a curator email just to put somebody on blast for the fuck of it. Uh, Hello. (laughs) We are... (laughs) Hello. We are no pussy zone curators, and you can get acquainted with our mascot on our main page. He's cute, isn't he? We, why are we no pussy zone then? Everything is simple. And our pet doesn't tolerate competitors and doesn't let him near anyone except for real connoisseurs of the gaming industry. If we disobey, he will leave us. And with him, more than 19,900 of our, in fact, his followers. So so that doesn't happen. We should genuinely feed him with reviews. Otherwise, we could become his next food. We would really like to sleep quietly at night. Our pussycat was interested in your games. And <laughs> what? You can, you can help so much if you send a couple Steam keys of your game, No Creeps or Harm TD, for review. Keep being a cool cat. No joke. I sent a screenshot of that to my partner today because they sent yeah. me that. And I was like, to this morning, it was the first email I read this morning, too. So I was like, my day is going to be absolutely unhinged. Yeah. Mm. Uh, are you familiar? Jenny, how familiar are you with uh, Grandma's Basement? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> it's always the most bonkers fucking names also. Yeah, yeah. There was like one pizza parlor that was like yes. telling me to send. Yeah. It was just indie scam episode, please. We need it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I'm writing that down. Same email. Like they copy and paste it everywhere they just changed the game name mm-hmm. so somewhere in the middle of of indie news we have transferred <laughs> over to topic of the show which is going to be the the side most of us don't see the indie marketing uh and typically i would give a little overview but this is not my particular strong suit so i'm gonna leave jenny and or mike and or both to Go ahead and lead us into the topic of the show. Wow. Welcome to the No Pussy Ooh. Zone, friends. Yeah. <laughs> this is Evan the new the segment. Zone. No Pussy Zone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I how, do you, how do you even... How do you, how do you start? <laughs> yeah. How do you even get into... <laughs> nope. Sorry. Nope. I was... Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't. <laughs> let's just... Let's like rewind just a minute. Um, <laughs> Jenny, how did you get into marketing? Yeah, there we go. Um, there we go. <laughs> I honestly fell into it uh, kind of by accident, partially because I knew, like, I love creating content. For those who don't know, I actually do stream on my own, create YouTube videos. A lot of it is really, like, really dedicated part-time hobby work, but, like, elevated. Um, but I knew for myself, I didn't want to be a full-time content creator. And a lot of the skills just really transferred from that into community work and then becoming an influencer strategic person. Um, a lot of it was just like falling into it by accident. (laughs) Um, and just knowing I wanted to work into games and I love curating titles and I love helping people find stuff that they like. And that really is what marketing is. Um, cynical people will say something different, but I like to think marketing is helping people find what they would enjoy. (laughs) Yeah. How about you, Mike? Uh, similar. So, 
Sixwell Indie really kicked off during lockdown when I didn't have a job. So I was doing a lot of writing and making a lot of connections and stuff. And uh, it turns out I unlocked a secret skill of writing that I never knew I had. And I felt like I was pretty damn good at it. And um, I started getting noticed a little bit from folks um, and obviously making a lot of indie connections as well. And one day as I was still working my full-time job, like this was like a year later when I got rehired at my my previous my previous life. Um, I saw there was an opening with Vicarious. I said like, hey, here's my application. Please <laughs> accept me. Um, and give me money. <laughs> and give me money to do video <laughs> games. Uh, they really liked my writing. They appreciated who I knew as far as like the press side goes and influencer side and a lot of the indie devs and whatnot. Um, and yeah, I like Jenny, I like really just fell into it. And yeah, uh, similar notion. I just like showing people cool games. I mean, that's like kind of the whole thing with like our showcases and stuff as well. Like, I don't want anything in return. Granted, like on the PR side of things, they got to pay. But <laughs> that's the unfortunate <laughs> part of things. But like, yeah, it's just really about like connecting with the devs and yeah, just trying to show people cool things. And I think that was like the cool, like easy falling into part of things it feels very similar to like content creation and just like doing the the press grind it's just like a different way of thinking it's a different way of writing it's a different way of talking to people and connecting with folks um but yeah it was i, I don't know why i'm i got into it like i don't know how i should say like it just happened one day and i'm very grateful and luckily lucky it did yeah. What's kind of weird, I think about this regularly, is how a lot of, like, all of our jobs actually didn't exist. Like, when we were I think of that all the time, up. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where I remember being a kid and being like, well, I want to work with video games, but I can't code, so I guess I never Same. will. Me yeah. too, yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, my school actually had a unaccredited, at the time I was going, but now accredited, degree in video games. So I was like, I could do that because I love video games, but like, I, I can't code. I don't know anything about computers. I'm I'm just going to go with history. It's going to be fine. Yeah. The closest thing <laughs> yes. I got was because in my, my previous life, like my, I have a degree in audio engineering. Like I was, I was a studio engineer working. I was, I've been in and out of bands my entire life. I thought I was going to be the next big pop punk fucking producer. Clearly not. Uh, and then when I got it, <laughs> there's still time. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, before my current position, like actually being full-time in games, I was working at a nonprofit film organization, like working with a different side of indies, like indie filmmakers, like working on their films and stuff like that. And yeah, going to school, like the closest opportunity I got was doing sound for video games, but the class was trash and he didn't teach us anything. So it was a waste of time. Uh, but yeah, that was like my only opportunity. But like when that kind of fell through, I was like, all right, I guess I, it just has to be a hobby. I'll, you know, do the grind on the side a little bit, just as a fun little thing to do. And mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just weird how things kind of work out. And it's like one of those weird things. I was talking to it, uh, talking about this with a lot of folks at PAX West. It's like, I feel guilty for saying this, but like, I'm grateful for lockdown and stuff because I wouldn't be doing this thing without having the time of being inside 24-7, like doing content stuff, writing, fleshing out what we wanted Six One Indie to be, knocking out reviews mm -hmm. and stuff, like at least like three reviews a week like yeah so yeah I mean a lot of content creators that I work with like I'm on the the influencer management side but I when I reach out to creators a lot of the ones that I know and work with today started in like 2020 2021 yeah. and yeah. are now doing 100%. it full-time and have completely their lives have changed so I definitely you know it's it's something that a lot of people have experienced 
Yeah. Before we get too far into, sorry. Yeah. 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 Uh, Before we get too far into the weeds, I do just want to pull back for a second. And for people who are watching or listening to this, who really do not have a concept of what uh, the marketing side of things looks like, can you give us like a rundown of like, what's, what's a, a day in the life for those emails. <laughs> yeah. We play video games 24/7. We have a blast. We high five digitally and we send a couple emails. That's it. Simple as that, baby. Uh-huh. You send emails? Psh, no way. <laughs> what is it? I'm I'm well, just people, in the People just no- play your games organically, like <laughs> yeah. just for free. That's great. Yeah. yeah. We we get to talk to no pussy zone. So, uh I feel like day, our life day. is our life is good, right? <laughs> uh <laughs> Jenny, you want to go first? Sure. Um, Okay. So for folks listening, I have a really sort of specialized, it's quite unique. I think more companies have this role, but it's still a bit more rare. And that's influencer. Um, My title is like senior influencer manager, but I think of it more as like relations and outreach um, because manager just sounds like really, I don't know buttoned up in a way I don't like. Um, Same. <laughs> yeah, it's like weird. But a lot of what I do is focusing on the influencer community we work with. And so I spend a lot of time, I do genuinely hang out in a lot of streams, watch a lot of videos, and really try to get to know the creator landscape as best as I can um, so that I can make the best calls of who to reach out to when we have a game that's got previews or launches. Um Day in the life, honestly, is lots of emails and not a lot of playing games, um, <laughs> unfortunately. It's honestly why I stream is so I have a dedicated time where I can say I'm playing a game. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of data, which is not super glamorous sounding, but it's a lot of looking at who we work with um, and not simply like, are they big? But, you know, what's their engagement like? Are we able to find ways to collaborate with them so they're, they are benefiting and not just us? And um, it's, it's a lot more analytical than I think people make it out to be when I talk to them. Um, but it's, it's really fun. Mike. Yeah. So I do a little bit of everything. Um, so my job title is account manager, which sounds like I look where I work for a fucking bank. Um, so I, I just say I do games PR. <laughs> I'm the game <laughs> PR dude at Vicarious PR. Um, yeah, I do influencer relation stuff. So a lot of that on the influencer side of things is like a lot of like list building. Like let's say for example, the game that I uh, that we're launching tomorrow and shameless plug, whatever. Um, Pathfinder Galaspire Survivors. It's a vampire survivors like set in the universe of Pathfinder. So a lot of the a lot of it is like a prep work in my day to day. So it's seeing folks who have enjoyed survivors like such as vampire survivors brotato soulstone survivors so on and so forth um looking into the pathfinder folks just building a curated list of like okay i think these people will like this game maybe they'll benefit in a key for free like yes it's that symbiotic relationship of like we want to help grow their channel to get them some like early content but also get eyes on our game as well especially on a day where a nintendo direct and a state of play are happening um, on the other side of the influencer spectrum, uh, we work with paid influencers for like sponsored streams and whatnot, whether it is like folks like Dre, Blitz, like a lot of these like millions of subs on mm-hmm. YouTube and whatnot to get some sponsored guaranteed content out there during strategic points of a marketing campaign. Um, on the media side of things, I write press releases, again, building lists, uh, using the Pathfinder thing as an example, like seeing, okay, who has covered Vampire Survivors before? Who has covered Pathfinder before? Like, I'm not going to pitch a Warzone person a Pathfinder game or a Vampire Survivors-like game. I'm not going to waste that energy or time 
uh, on on uh it's like a two-way street like why am i wasting time sending an email when i could get i, I could get a better chance of coverage um targeting somebody who might actually enjoy the video game um so yeah it's a lot of list building and and writing press releases and just prep work and a lot of like looking at calendars to pick and choose your battles as to when you want to launch your game when you want to talk mm -hmm. when you don't want to talk um a lot of analytic stuff like jenny was saying like just a lot of what we call on on our side of things trackers so like tracking all the news coverage reviews coverage previews features streams youtube videos um just having like detailed reports for folks the fun creative part is actually coming up with like you know it's a case-by-case -case basis depending on like who the client is and what they want to do and how much wiggle room they they have in terms of like budget and whatnot coming up with like creative activations and like creative ways to stand out from the pack especially in q4 2023 um and yeah a lot of emails and a lot of avoiding going into the no pussy zone mm -hmm. and then you guys recently very we didn't get to hear from you about packs so i'm gonna jump into that because oh, yeah. you recently had a chance to not have a, a normal day in the life going to a convention so what from, from the pr side what is uh, uh something like a pax like sauston <laughs> I'm like, yeah. what do I remember from PAX? I, I do remember, remember karaoke. Anything. Yeah. I remember karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> the last, like, vivid That's the last memory thing you before. remember. What's it like to run a booth? How, Wait, like, quick, quick side tangent. Uh, in the middle of the, the shitstorm that was Blue Ridge, we were like, in the middle of the storm, we had like barely any cell service, but. I saw Janet's tweet go through of the video and Kelsey was like, this is saving my life right now. That's so good. I'm glad. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. You want to go first, Jen? <laughs> sure. What was it? What's it like to run a booth? I'm like, booth, what yeah. was it like? Pax. Um, so PAX was interesting for me. Um, I, I, if y'all didn't know, I do have a lot of different roles I hit um, in the game industry. So PAX was unique because um, Spirit Swap, we did have a booth there. Um, and for Spirit Swap, I'm the co-owner and like producer for the game. So I was like the one doing a lot of the logistical organization, reaching out to folks like Mike and Janet and being like, hey, we're at, we're at PAX. Would you like to cover the game? Um, and making sure that the team is prepped and has everything they need to successfully like demo the game in front of folks. So that was like one element of running the booth. Um, because my day job with Kepler Interactive, um, we also had another booth there where I was much very, very hands off, but just came in to meet the team. Pacific Drive um, is the team mm -hmm. and Ironwind Studios is the team. Pacific Game is the Pacific Drive is the game. Uh, and so <laughs> Sorry, for I me, my appointment. <laughs> that's okay. Um, Blacklisted from the email. Yeah. yeah. Don't let Never this man into your game again. Put his <laughs> poster up on everything. So the, the video was Mike on a lime scooter. Because I, I realize not everyone's reading all of our tweets. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so part of my time was also going and just meeting the team, seeing what the demo looked like, seeing the reception from the players, um, and getting a sense of also from the creators that I invited to play the Pacific Drive demo, like what did they think and how excited were they? Or maybe, you know, hopefully they were excited they were fortunately which is great um and then i also was just running around taking pitches because i also do a little bit of the biz dev stuff so like i was talking to a lot of devs about games they have in development um not yet asking what engines they were really working in because that seemed like that was not a back then mm -hmm. those were the days um 
And um, so, yeah, for me, running a booth was actually not necessarily being at the booth all the time because I was doing a lot of different things. Uh, so I think Mike could definitely take maybe more more insight there. Funny enough, I was also running around like a fucking maniac. <laughs> uh, no, had- I do want to say that, like, I I passed Mike's booth, uh, and I'll let him talk more about it, uh, almost every day. And I saw him, like, once out of five times I would pass. Yeah. <laughs> and the first time I did, I scared the crap out of him. So go yeah. ahead, now that you've got that intro. Yeah, so this is my first time exhibiting at PAX. I didn't really know what to expect i I knew like obviously we were gonna set up appointments we're gonna explain the game to folks get feedback so on and so forth but i didn't know i didn't know much beyond that so um got in on wednesday so a big part of it so the game was mirthwood my job vicarious pr we also have v publishing we also publish video games more on the rpg side of things so we try to focus on one game at a time and mirthwood is our 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 baby right now so thankfully we were able to the devs are in seattle so we're like why not let's get a booth it should be beneficial so on and so forth um so weirdly enough the east coast boy was the first one to get apex i don't know why everybody else at the booth was a seattle local local uh so getting on wednesday so a big part of it is set up before pax even begins uh the setup portion was a lot um <laughs> a lot of missing pieces that we ordered and broken mm-hmm. monitors and different components and just weird um also i don't did you guys talk about when i was on about the your, two building thing yeah we we okay. read your your ghost but if you want to yeah. reiterate in your voice i would love to hear it so yeah everybody who arrived at pax and maybe jenny you had this knowledge before most of the people did <laughs> <laughs> only because i arrived a day sooner than most people for a business sure. thing but yeah that nobody <laughs> knew it was a two building situation yeah um and we were very confused it was very hard to find the booth i thankfully stumbled upon the summit building for the hell of it that was the first building i saw i walk into the building and people i see people walking through i see the exhibitor badge pick up like across a rope or whatever a man stops me, a security a security lad. He's like, hey, do you have your green wristband? I was like, sir, what the hell is a green wristband? He's like, it's a wristband that goes on your wrist. It's green. I was like, okay, where do I get one? What's it for? Um, it was, and no joke, this man was like, okay, you go out these doors, you go down the steps, you're going to make a right, you're going to pass a parking lot. Um, you're going to see the parking sign. Once you go right past the parking sign, you're going to see a small door. It's a glass door. It's not the wooden door, the glass door. You go in there, and then there's a man that has the green wristbands. I was like, you cool. You have to fight him. I got the first step of that. Three riddles. <laughs> three riddles. I I was like, cool. I got the first part of that. I'm gonna walk out that door, make a right, and figure it out from there. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I saw folks with the green wristbands. I was like, hey, where'd y'all get those? And they're like, hey, right there. I was like, cool. Um, I walk in, get I, I say halo, halo, whatever. <laughs> um, can I have these wristbands? And I'm, I'm ready to like pull out my ID or something. And he's like, here, sure. Yeah, have them. I was like, cool. You don't need any information. I can just steal these things. Great. <laughs> That's a lot of facts. You have to get no past one's verifying all of the, the once you got past all of the, the criteria and, yeah. and obstacle courses and things. They're like, uh, mm. And I asked him, I was like, oh, so I need to, is the easiest way to get back to Summit like out this door and like just go back down? He's like, oh no, there's actually a super easy way to get to the exhibitor booth. You go through this sketchy ass hallway you find the freight elevator and you go up to the second floor and then you're in this warehouse and you go straight into the right and there's the exhibitor booth i didn't know where the 
fuck I was. I ended up in the tabletop section, thankfully, some form of civilization. I saw, <laughs> I eventually saw somebody with an exhibitor badge. I was like, hey, where'd you get those? And they're like, oh, hey, yeah, right out the door. I was like, cool, thanks. Anyways, got the badge, Got was able to get to the booth set up. Things were a mess. It was like between like a bunch of different rental companies. Um, mm. Jenny might have a different experience because Soft Night Week, PAX Rising. Right. It seemed like PAX Rising was like already kind of just like set up. Mm-hmm. and good to go we had, we had a very smooth uh load-in experience compared yeah. to you. <laughs> cut from we, mike's like had, jumping over turtles or whatever to yeah. like jenny just sipping tea at a booth. exactly i was like we had just drinks we, we had air Must we had a fan nice. like it was great <laughs> yeah i get to the booth and it's just like tables and monitors and stuff and like things are missing like it's not like the correct stuff and then i had to go to like there's like three separate people for like the furniture the monitors and the electrical and i had to interact with all of them and they all didn't understand or all thought I was lying about the things that I needed and things that we purchased. Long story short, things got figured out, whatever. Anyways, um, the other part of it was that Summit was going to turn off all the lights. Like there was no good, there was not going to be floor lighting and we got that heads up ahead of time. I was like, cool, it can't be that dark. There's going to be windows. Guess what? We were in a basement. (laughs) (laughs) It was so dark in there. Mm -hmm. So on Thursday, they're like, okay, we're going to test show lighting, turn off the lights pitch black and it's like great what the fuck are we gonna do so another part of that was me and my colleague danielle going to target trying to find some sort of lighting but it's like (laughs) pre-college season so there's no lights or anything we almost bought just floor lamps thankfully (laughs) we didn't um but we eventually found like jill like you saw like the fairy lights and like stuff like that um which ended up being really cool in my opinion um the next morning there was a hardware store near our hotel. So we found like these like clip on spotlights. So the plan was to just like clip them on and at least like point them on the banner. I walk in and guess what? It's, it's lit up. So that was a waste of $120, <laughs> but Fun. yeah, thankfully uh vicarious PR also had biomorph on the floor. They used one of the lights to like light up their little character. It worked out. It was great. Um, but yeah, actually working the booth, it, it was, we, the way we planned on doing it was like the morning we were going to be completely free, but me and Danielle were going to be completely free. We weren't taking appointments. Uh, we were only taking appointments from 12 PM to show floor closing at 6 PM. Danielle was going to do the 12 to three. I was going to do the three to six. Mm-hmm. That plan quickly just like fucking ran out the window. Um, a lot of it was just because it was mainly because the devs weren't comfortable talking to folks yet it was their first game so we wanted to make sure they were like comfortable and like getting to the rhythm of things so a lot of it is putting on the show of like hey guys have you heard of mirthwood before well mm-hmm. here's the elevator pitch it is fable meets stardew valley so yeah. part cozy farming sim part action rpg that's what yada, i heard yada, yada. Yeah. yeah i heard that a lot you, you should have um, hired baron <laughs> like, i should have hired baron shout he was dude, out there doing work for you doing god's work mm-hmm. um do you end up getting sick of that because i always wonder as like a non-exhibitor, non-developer, if at a certain point, I'm sure at a certain point you like hit your stride and you feel like, oh, I feel so good about mm-hmm. this. But then do you go beyond that point into madness? Or what is that like? When, <laughs> Saying it in your sleep. Yeah. When you're running on three hours of sleep a night and purely on uh, Monster Mango Locos, doesn't matter, nothing hurts you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there becomes a point where you just like are immune to anything you're and you're just yeah. like, I can, I could do this forever. Um, I didn't- so, yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, just to like wrap it up quickly, like 
that was like the booth part of my thing. But like the other side of things was I was roaming around making sure that Biomorph was good. We have a relationship with PM Studios as well. So I was like doing the circuit to make sure everybody was good. And if anybody needed anything, um, I was also like stupidly, I attempted to make appointments on the six one side. I made a, like a, maybe like 15 appointments. I actually played one video game. Uh, even like my uh, spirit swap appointment. I just took the opportunity to just stand there and chill and talk to Alex. And, that was so and, nice. Like, just hang out. <laughs> um, but mostly like, cause we also do like not biz dev, but like a part of the gig is also like seeing who needs PR. If, they, if we see any interesting games on the show floor, it's like, Hey, mm-hmm. when are you launching? Have you thought about PR yet? Are you doing next fest? So on and so forth. How can we help you? Um, and trying to do that running across two buildings and God forbid, like, like at some point we had some sort of emergency because our booth neighbor was trying to steal our electrical and I thought I was going to have to fight a man at some point. <laughs> um, but I was in the other building at that point, so I had to fucking run seven minutes or whatever. Um, yeah, it was a lot. It was really chaotic, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. All that, all that's to say it was fun. Yeah. You yeah. both touched on this a little bit. The process for deciding which indies you're going to rep. How does that work? What's your sort of criteria? What's like the threshold? What gets your interest going? And once you sort of have them on board, what does that process look like? I think for me, I mean, Kepler Interactive is a publisher. And so uh, it's less of me individually saying like, I will personally rep this game and more of a, a it's they're part of our, which I mean, before they become part of the Kepler sort of group, we all sort of have input and say, so we kind of do that front loaded a little bit versus like once, once they're part of Kepler, I I rep all the Kepler games. So it's a little bit less choice maybe in a more like agency situation or like maybe a freelance, um, marketeer situation. Yeah. And like, as far as the games assigned with vicarious PR, I, I don't have that power, <laughs> but like a part of like the packs thing, like I, I can do some head hunting if I want to. And like some games that I do like, or some devs I connect with, like whether it's on the internet or just friends that I know, or people I meet during shows, like they can like have a meeting with us. And like, if everything works out, like they can sign with us. Once something is signed, like usually our management team, like will drop, we have a like potential clients channel in our discord We'll drop it in and they'll say like hey is, is this look interesting to anybody so like thankfully most of the time pending bandwidth like we could pick and choose which clients we want to be a part mm-hmm. of um which is great because it's always tricky when like you're not when you have to market a genre that you're not gelling with mm-hmm. or something that's like not really your jam and and um it's, it sort of becomes like a fake it till you make it situation or like you try to carve out some time to actually play the game to understand the base mechanics and and like the the ground rules of the genre um that's probably the most challenging part of things but thankfully for the most part yeah we whenever a client signs on management is like hey this game first dibs who wants it so that's always nice as a like selfish personal curiosity I've always wondered how things work on that side as far as like scheduling and getting appointments done. And how do you get like, who do you like, obviously from what I can tell from the emails that I get before the show, uh, there is some sort of press list that is acquired by someone and sent out to somehow people. Can you, can you give me, fill in the blanks for me? I need to know. 
Yeah, what tier are we at? To be honest. Yeah. Are, are they right? Is it like, like a like these are the people you need to talk to? Do you to? have like are a burn book into, of like you know? <laughs> are they split into categories? Oh, Do we I have definitely a, have a burn book, Janet. Like a little, I, I you know, <laughs> and it's are a mic. Drawing hard eyes around the big outlets or something. Like I yeah. know so and so from Polygon I mean, will be here or something. Like I don't know. When we see that, like I don't know, like Tech Raptor made an appointment with Mirthwood, we're like, oh shit, okay, we should all be here. And then <laughs> also, like, is it like that kind of thing? Quick interjection too: Is it also yeah. different? I imagine it is like per game, you know, because it kind of go back to y'all's point of mm-hmm. not every game is. I mean, sure, you want all the big outlets probably to cover your game pretty much regardless? Question mark. But for getting more specified, where you're like maybe, oh, I'm targeting these people for this kind of game. Like I have a this genre list or something. <laughs> There is a PAX media list that gets sent out whenever it's ready, mm-hmm. like a PAX media and influencer list. And I and it's not like tiered or anything. It. Yeah, it's <laughs> like... just, it's jumbled. It's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> the games comp list was a nightmare. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's awful. Oh. Do you like hit Wait, like command F then for like the outlets or something? Like how do you end up working with it then at all? Do you remake it to make it make sense for you in like a separate spreadsheet? The way Vicarious did it with Mirthwood, it like typically we take a holistic approach where like kind of like what I just said, like we won't pitch a Warzone person the, the Pathfinder game, but like we will just pitch all PAX attendees. It's just easier that way. And sure. typically we got these lists a little late and uh, yes. <laughs> time is of the essence, especially yeah. when you are competing with like a Gamescom and, and all these other releases and events and embargoes, so on and so forth. And people mm-hmm. are like scheduling and making their plans. So typically it is like, yeah, we will make a master list for media and influencers and pitch them independently purely because we know they are going to packs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I yeah. would like to point out before Jenny real quick, uh, I've teased Mike about this several times. I was not in charge of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't get anything about appointment for for Mirthwood. I didn't. It's definitely my kind of game. It is my sort of genre. It is my uh, strong suit and nothing. I had to make my own appointment. I got you. So, in. Yeah, he got me in. He did. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, if we do it pretty similarly where it's like, especially some events, you just get a list so close to the actual show that you're just like, we just have to send everyone an email and just let everyone know. Um, but what I try to do, well, for Kepler, I actually, since I focus on influencers, I usually just do a tweet that's like, who's going to PAX? Who's going to Gamescom? And yeah. then try and like filter it that way on top of whatever creator list we get. Um and if I have time, I try to make it as individualized as possible. But otherwise, yeah, I just do a quick scan of like, oh, this person is like from a mobile game website. You know, that's definitely not going to be a fit for us. Or this person only covered, yeah, like first person shooters. They don't care about Superior Swap for sure. <laughs> um, you know, and then I'll just like knock them out and then send emails to everyone who fits. But yeah, you're right. These these lists do come a bit late sometimes. Yeah. So it's. Which aggravated. it's the nature of the beast, you know, it's it, like they're it updating weird. it. People are buying tickets late, but yeah. yeah. I, I forgot what PAX it was, but were you all on that email where they emailed everybody by accident? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> There's been a more recent case also. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I wrote oh, Mike. I was like, Mike. BCC I, versus CC. Watch out. Oh, yeah. my God. Keep an and eye like on that. that chain was going forever. It was going for a really long time. Yeah. Yep. Was, yeah. yeah. It was funny at first. <laughs> I was damning it. I'm like, I'm glad you said something. Don't let them try to shame you. And to... it's not always time for fun. That's what I always say. Like people have too much fun sometimes. Yeah. Keep, it, keep it out of Gmail, okay? I don't go to Gmail for fun. No, I go it's to get true. out. I go to the No Pussy Zone for for fun. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> and so just to keep it from being like Jenny and Mike talking this entire episode, uh, I we need to talk a little bit. Of, yeah. Like we've been here. Me and Jenny have been here, Probably you know, <laughs> gavel, a goobies thing. Yeah. You know, pussy's own thing. We just yep. it's like, look, you got to watch all the episodes. Our merchandise know what these, is looking means. great. The lore is getting deeper with each yeah. It is being revealed. It has yeah. always been deep. Um, for marketing versus press, like where do we intersect? How does how do we interact with one another? Um, I want to jump in oh, with paper airplanes. Hey, friends. Um. Yeah, it is interesting, like, to talk with market, like, I was lucky enough to work at Game Informer as my sort of, I was an intern, so that was sort of my introduction to the press side of things, and getting relationships with the press was uh, Mm. pretty easy if you're in that kind of a situation in a known outlet. Uh, So those are people I still know, and I still make contact with and I'm still able to reach out to I'm like hey even if I don't it's so funny it's like if I even if I don't know who's covering a game uh I can reach out to someone and be like hey do you know who happens to be running this uh and usually I'll be able to find out um but it is a lot more informal than you would think it was because like talking to PR seems like it should be like really buttoned up and like you wearing a tie and stuff. But so just to jump on that really quick there, I think there is some PR that is like more formal buttoned oh, up and yeah. like that's, that's definitely their style. And like, it's totally okay. I'm always, I feel like Jenny's in agreement with me. I'm always in the camp of like, yo, we work in video games. Let's have fun. It's fine. And yeah. like, it's such a small, like it's a big industry, but it's such a small industry. We all mm-hmm. know each other. Once you have that relationship, it's yeah it, it's pretty mm-hmm. easy it's like hey friend you want a key cool just try to talk about yeah it <laughs> yeah exactly i feel like my emails have gotten like like i'll usually at least send out like a formal looking email with the boilerplate and the press kit and the yeah, links of course. but oftentimes with folks that i know i'll just be like yo are you into yeah. this <laughs> okay cool yeah just and check especially your email later. especially if i'm sending it to like the blanket like IGN email or whatever like yeah mm-hmm. I send like the form or like people I don't have like a that kind of symbiotic right. relationship with like yes yeah. I will send the formal like I still try to keep it like somewhat casual like I'm not right. trying to be a robot but um yeah I mean like Jill I tend to like just to pull back the curtain a bit I just DM you yeah <laughs> like I don't, literally I don't stopped emailing me yeah. a while ago yeah like, like sometimes I, sometimes I do like if I'm in a rush and I just like I like hit like the indie tag on our system like oh yeah Here's all our indie folks. Bam. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people yeah. who I worked with on the press side who have moved over to the marketing side. And every time I get just like a you can tell it's like a blanket email because um, it'll be like, hey, there, influencer or whatever. Like normally it's better than that. But um, a lot <laughs> of the times I won't even uh, interact with whatever the content is. I'll just be like, hey, it's good to see you in my inbox. How are you doing? Uh so and yeah, a lot of the times when I'm responding to emails, I'll 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 deal with the business at hand of like, I see you're offering this opportunity, I would love to take it, blah, blah, blah. But my wording is always somewhat silly. Um, and I always try to take the time to talk to the human being. Uh so if they've made a particularly good like pun, I usually be like, Y'all, that was a good pun. 
Good. Mm-hmm. Good. You're so wholesome. Am I, now I'm like, am I a bitch? Because I'm just like, <laughs> I yeah. agree to the terms of the embargo. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel bad because like on on time in times like this where it's like super busy and I'm just trying to get through my inbox, sure. I'm like, thanks, thanks, thanks. Now that you're like, getting through the inbox, and then I'm like, there's always the debate, right? Like, how, at what point does the email end? It's like, do I have to then send another one? That's like, thank you. Like, you know what? You got a lot of emails. I'm gonna yeah. The the least amount of emails. I'll pretend for eco-friendly reasons, but it's really just because I don't want to do emails. It's like the less I can send, the better. I will say mm-hmm. most of um, if it's like press and marketing intersection or whatever, right? It's like most of mine are still like, you know, it's the boilerplate of like you sent everybody, hey, we're, you know, especially to like I'm on, you know, whether it's creator list or an influencer list for like Devolver, for instance, they'll be like, hey, like if you want keys, like you fill out a Google form, nice, simple mm-hmm. and sweet. Um, definitely like there are PR people like, yeah, I mean, I know you guys, right? It's like where it's like, oh, the the email might be a little bit more casual again, where it's like, hey, or like it's a DM, like, hey, I sent you an email, like, I really think you're like this or something like that. But it's funny because my stuff is still pretty formal. Like my code requests are always really formal. It's like, hi, my name, you know, if it's a, an email one, I'll be like, hi, my name's Jan Garcia. Um, I'm I'm writing to request a code for da 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 on this platform for this outlet. I'm also on these shows, so like this is my kind of light content plan. And I remember one time I sent one of those, and like the person responded and was like, "Yeah, sure." Like it was like super chill because they knew me already, and I was like, "Oh yeah." I get and then they like responded to something like, "Literally, you can just like you can just ask me." Like I'm just gonna give you know like we've worked together enough times where it's not it yeah. doesn't need to be as tutorialized where it's like in case you don't know who i am like this is all these links it's like yeah i, I know yeah. you could just it's yeah. fine that's cool. really i like being at that like, spot yeah yeah it's one of those places where it's like like if you've built a relationship you definitely can do that but i yes. feel like a lot of creators haven't built that mm-hmm. and so and then they'll mm-hmm. email yeah. and be like yo can i get a key and i'm like i have who are you right are you? i'm so sorry are. i just i don't know who you are you have i don't no know links. who grandma's basement is i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. i'm so sorry yeah. and so i think it's like if anyone's listening and wanting advice like i would definitely err on the side of maybe yeah. giving that more information but definitely like you get to a point in this industry where it's like if people know you if you have the relationship like it's I like that it's relatively casual yeah <laughs> yeah me for me on too other- like oh sorry I was just gonna say just to expand on that because I, yeah I think it's a good thing to point out Jenny like you don't want to be you come in real casual and it's like whoa you know them they don't know you like for me again it's a little dramatic to say that, that like marketing has more power than press because we all just kind of do different things and we work in the same space but I feel like inherently like if you're asking for, you know, you're, you're, you're getting something, you're kind of going to an agreement, like it is kind of formal. So for me, I always wait for like the PR people to do that move. Like I let them decide that they're casual with Mm -hmm. me. Like I don't make that assumption put on them. That's also just generally how I operate. Like for the most part, if I don't really feel confident that we're on like a hug level, it's like, I'll be like, Hey, like I'm so-and-so from whatever. And if they come in really excited, sure. I'll meet them there. But I try to err on the side of yeah, a little bit more like not withheld, but like, you know, just make making sure that you're, I think, respectful of the inherent professional or boundary of being maybe strangers mm-hmm. in a uh-huh. way. And then like yeah. if they extend the, a hand of a friendship, it's like, that's fine. And that's cool. Like, right. We all work together, but maybe they don't f- want to do that. So it's yeah. like, that's fine. I can still, yeah. you know, 100%. do my boilerplate too. like the boilerplate stuff goes both ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of that, Mike actually saw. Uh, some of my professional leanings as a journalist, I have s- picked up some strange journalistic habits. Um, in when I, I stop off 
usually when I'm doing something that I'm going to cover, I am completely, um, I clam up about what my thoughts were. I don't say anything. So when I go to, when I went to Mirthwood, you know, me and Mike were friends, uh, and talking as friends, he's like, so how did you like it? I'm like, you'll have to read the, you'll have to read the article. I can't, I can't divulge that this time. I got you the end. <laughs> exclusive in. Um yeah, cuz there is some there there is even if you are friends and even if there is a close connection, there is a separation between press and marketing. A lot of people don't quite recognize that. I mean, obviously the joke that some people believe for some reason that like we get paid to give reviews or whatever, which is 100% not true and absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I, I slipped Jill 10 bucks. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think now, <laughs> That huh? is a yeah. joke. That is a comical joke that comical did not joke. happen. Um, and there is that separation, and I do like to preserve that, um, especially since early on in my career I've had some issues with giving feedback early and having some demands on my time or demands on, on my writing that were not appropriate. Um, oh damn! Yeah, it, it can be it can be a, a slippery slope. So I do have a tendency, even though I'm like I, I I feel like I'm usually pretty personable and I'm like having a great time and like if I if I'm enjoying something I'm commenting on it a lot. Uh, but I tend to keep my opinion of the game quiet until I either don't cover it because it wasn't something I I enjoyed or. I like come out and I'm like, this is a great game. And they're like, whoa, we didn't know you had any good. See, opinion I feel like you're game. stronger than me because I could never be like, <laughs> you have to read to find out or, or you have to check the site because I don't know why I just I feel like I couldn't. I just give like, well, again, if it was Mike, I would tell personally I would, if I knew them and they asked me like, you know, hey, like, what's up? I'm like, OK, do you, do you actually want me to say what it is? And then I'll just tell them what I'll just tell you straight up. Like, we can step to the side <laughs> yeah. if you want. Um, but because I feel like people are. You know, again, audiences are different. Like, I think within the industry, obviously, there there can be unfortunate times where maybe someone's not a big fan of a more negative bit of feedback. Uh, I think I have seen that happen as well. But it's like, okay, if we're friends, like, sure. If we're not, I'm like, oh, like, I mean, if, if I liked it, I just say what I liked about it. And if I didn't like it, I say something that is factually true about the game. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't think this would have platforming in it. Yeah, interesting choice. Some, like some of it too for me is 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 probably fairly selfish, but it's like that's not my job. No, like, for sure. Yeah, I, I agree like, with that too. I'm like, hey, I, you want a consultant? Because I do that yeah. too. <laughs> Consulting is a job, and I know yes. people who do it, and you can talk to them. And I'm like, a hundred percent, total due respect to everybody. Um, so yeah, but there are there are times that that's been pushed a little bit too far for my liking, and people expect you to do something for them that they should be paying for. But yeah, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Mike, not that. Yeah, Mike, get <laughs> out of here! How dare you? <laughs> you think ten bucks is gonna cover? <laughs> On the pack show floor, that's a whole can of Dasani. Oh, oh yeah, don't get me started on so those water weird. prices, man. I dropped seven dollars on a bottle of water at the hotel, and I was like, listen. Don't this get me is... started on water in general from the past weekend I just had. <laughs> <laughs> what is water? I door dashed three bottles of Dasani water from McDonald's during packs alongside my <laughs> quarter pounder meal. <laughs> Dude, at the Warwick, uh, I was desperate for water and they they tagged the Fuji bottles so they know if you take it or not. Six uh-huh. bucks. Uh-huh. And it, was wow. like, yeah. it wasn't a big Fuji. It was a, it was a little lad. I was like, and there was one night the head was pounding. I was like, man, all right. 
fine. That's how they went. Stick your head under the faucet. But no, honestly, adding it to the debt, like adding that to like your dash order. I'm like, that's the life hack. Cause I'm like, I don't know where, where's the CVS by here. I like never, I wanted to get a pack of water when I got there. Never bought it. Never. Yo, I, I door dashed eight cans of Celsius, two per day. Uh, my first moment in the Warwick hotel, uh, there was a CVS across the street, but I still door dashed the eight cans. And on that lovely note, everybody, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's move uh, on to games we've been playing because some quick, of us have actually no, yep. I forgot it's like a super important thing with <laughs> super like, important. It's not gonna be. I it is play goobies. That's the important thing. Are you serious? Um, okay, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, a big part of our job, like we, me and Jen were saying, like we have to build lists and like find creators and and media folks who we think will enjoy the games. Uh, please make your email as easily <laughs> yeah. findable as possible yes um, oh my god <laughs> so like that doesn't mean just hide it behind the youtube insert email thing we you get only, 10 of those a day you get 10 of those a day per email address so once we hit that cap of 10 we're locked out for 24 hours so like if your email is not on your twitter bio instagram whatever i don't know how to contact you especially nowadays mm-hmm. if, you, if you're not paying for that hot x subscription we can't dm you which also though you can change that in the settings to let it's auto set to blue subscriber dms only but you can change it but also a lot of people haven't changed it so you're not wrong i did want to shout out that if you haven't changed that also definitely change that Mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah emails and bios please Please. Random. This is like so tangential. So sorry, but I, I want to <laughs> say it, it's like it's it's something that kind of like came up. And I think there's this really interesting thing. And I found it, especially with this game that I'm currently working on with Eater Nights, where there were uh, like a couple of creators who like played the game and they're like, actually, this isn't quite my vibe. And what I really love and like was super proud because I was like, yes, this means we're like close enough that they trusted that they could say this to me is like they emailed me and been like, hey, I'm actually I got a key. Thank you. But I'm actually not going to cover it because X, Y, Z. This is like these are things that I just didn't vibe with. Um, and I'd rather just like not cover it. Um, but I wanted to give you this feedback just to like let you know. So it's on your radar. And I was just like, I love you. Yeah, it's so nice. And so like, I don't know, for folks who are listening and if you're finding this to be like a good place to get insight on like how to reach out to PR or influencer people um, and how to work with them, like you don't have to try to make yourself like something you don't. Um, And if you find out, yeah, if you find out you don't like it after you start playing it, that's totally cool. You don't have to force yourself to make content just because you took a key. Like, obviously we would love it if you did like it and create content but um i much value people who are like willing to say like this isn't my thing let's work together when you have something that's my thing and i love I have that one last question i know we keep extending this segment but i yeah. have to ask i've always <laughs> wondered this and i've never had a place mm-hmm. to ask it when do you want people to email you back directly like with their coverage so they did like everyone to do that because i always thought that'd be like a million emails but maybe you're gonna get a million anyway and you want it like i know sometimes, yeah, sometimes you're all ask like hey like if you're posting anything like send it to me but not always. So I've always wondered, like, should people be sending? Like, this is my review link or whatever. I mean, I, I can't speak for anyone else except for myself. But I think Mike seems like maybe I think maybe you agree with me. It's, it, it's always welcome because like in a launch, my inbox is a mess anyways. But I do yeah. eventually get through everything. And it just really helps me search because I have like a spreadsheet of everyone who I've reached out to. Um, like the key I sent them and then like their coverage and sentiment. And I, it's like so nice just to have the link right there. Cause then I don't have to search for it. 
Yeah. Cool. And same goes for like coverage plans and, and stuff like that. Like yeah. if you like Janet, for example, if I sent you a key for Goobies and you were super <laughs> into Goobies, like you were ready to join the Goobies gang. You were just so yeah. stoked to hang with your boy, uh, Oogly Googly or where the fuck his name is. <laughs> 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 and like I sent you a key, like it, even like that response of like, oh, thanks. Super stoked to check it out. I know that you're going to at least check it out. Sure. Mm hmm. Yeah. Even if I'm going to check it out like eight weeks later. Like, um, yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> finally, finally got around to, to it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. My intentions finally solidified eight years later. Speaking of solidifying our intentions. <laughs> I thought that was a good trans. Uh, oh. Transition? That's a word I'm looking no, for. Good trans. Good trans. Yeah. Games we've been playing. Let's jump in. I've actually had some time now that we're a little bit past packs to get some games under my belt. Um, it seems like we all have Fay Farm in some form on the list. So uh, I want to jump in with Janet on this one. How Ooh. are you doing with Fay Farm? I'm doing good. I'm pretty early on still. I It's in chapters and I think I'm probably still in what was like the preview segment, like the first couple chapters. I'm a few hours in. Um, I got review code for this, but like many things, it's like, oh, I, I didn't finally get to it until like, I think the day it came out where I streamed it, um, and started kind of digging into it. I'm really loving it. I, um, previewed this at summer game fest. Um, and I was impressed by it then I, you know, again, like every creator and developer is putting care and thought into their game, especially when it's like a genre that I think is so, um, saturated for lack of a better term. I think there's a lot of farming content out there. Right. So mm. In the modern era, when we have, I think, developers taking on, hey, this is my spin on farming games, they come with, like, so much knowledge um, that they're kind of pulling from of what they want that experience to be. And I really felt like in that original preview conversation at SGF and in my playtime of the full build now, that there was a lot of care and thought in terms of quality of life aspects, in terms of streamlining things. Um, and again, it's little stuff like when you get your sort of tool wheel it's like hey here's just your tools like even if you think of like disney dreamlight valley right you have to walk around and like pick up the tool and then use it. they're like nah here it is like when you walk up to an item like a um like a plant to water or a rock to hit if you have like your generic tool equipped it will automatically use whatever tool is needed for that job when you walk and hit the interact button um you know fishing is always a hot topic in these games <laughs> mm -hmm. so it's like what's that fishing like you know mm -hmm, what's what, mm -hmm. what's that rod do right it's like you're always wondering there's always that question and honestly i love the fishing in this it's funky it's a little weird it's um gosh it's you like cast the line and then you're sort of once you like the fish gets hooked you're pulling until it goes to the red and then you're like releasing and then you're pulling and then until you finally catch it but what mm -hmm. really blew my mind when i first um did my fishing is i i kind of accidentally glossed over like when the guy said this is how you fish like i like hit a and then i'm like <laughs> yeah. hey it's chat what did he say we'll figure it out we're good yeah, gamers we'll be fine but i was i didn't figure it out like right away and so i just i hooked the fish but then i'm like wait what am i supposed to do and the fish pulled pulled me into the water and i was shocked i was like oh my god like i didn't even i didn't think this would be a possibility and it's little things like that that i find really delightful and surprising i think it's rare to to feel surprised in in a genre that has a lot in here and i think fans of the genre you've played at least a few farming sims you've kind of seen a lot of mm -hmm. what there is to see with the mechanics so 
I love that about Fae Farm. I love that you can jump around and and jank platform your way through places mm-hmm, that you can mm-hmm. swim, even getting caught in the whirlpool. Like I thought, you know, oh, yeah. I didn't I didn't think it would kill me, but I was like, I was worried, right? I was like, they whip you around and then they just shoot you up and you're just kind of magically Yay. floating on down. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is like, is this about to be my entire personality? I don't know. Four hours in, it's too soon to say for a game like this, but I'm liking it so far. What? Where are y'all at with Fae Farm? I'm the level of polish in Fay Farm is pretty astounding. Like it feels so good to move around. Um, I love like jumping is interesting, especially because you do get like different sort of like, I don't know the word for it because I'm not an animator, but like the jumps depend on sort of like the physics of if you're running into it versus walking. And if you've jumped off something, sometimes you flip and it's just like the detail and polish is amazing. I am very much enjoying my time. I'm really curious because to me, the one element that I'm like, hasn't solidified for me, hasn't really gelled in is the social aspect of like talking with the villagers, having interactions feel meaningful. I think that's where I'm not quite finding the the sweet spot yet. And I don't know, I'm also about maybe six, four to six hours in. So I'm, I think I'm about where you are. Um, and I'm hoping it, opens up a little bit but right now the dialogue feels like I feel like I've read the same dialogue about finding muscles on the beach like so many times um people are repeating things and I'm not really getting a true sense of personality with the exception of like there's that one character who looks kind of like like the wizard guy um Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm forgetting the character's name but yeah so I think super super fun I'm know I'm going to spend a lot of time in it. The customization is really good. I love that you can just instantly, like you have to unlock colors and purchase palettes and things, but like you can change the colors of different furniture elements and your, your floor and the walls. And it's, it's so cool. The, your clothes as well. Um, but yeah, I think there's systems that I'm like, Oh, I'm really hoping that this, this expands a bit more as we get into like the actual meat of the game. Um, the mines are amazing though, because you can uh, see what minerals or ore or things are in each level of the mine as you unlock Mm -hmm. it. So it solves the problem that I had in Stardew where I'm like, what section of the mines do we find like the citrine? You know, I need to get that for this thing. Oh, so the quality of life is just like chef's kiss. So good. Um, Yeah, I'm having a good time. Yeah, I'm I'm a mixture of both of you because I am. uh, This is a game that's that's going to be a really cozy comfort game. This mm-hmm. is a comfort game. This is a game to get into, to be engaged and have that fuzzy feeling and to be enjoying what you're doing from moment to moment. But I'm not like enthralled. You know, I don't walk away and, and think about how am I going to do this in, in this game or, or like, how am I going to build my future? You know, mm-hmm. it is a game to be in, to be comforted uh, and, co- and, and, you know, that's great. That's what this game is. And it does not pretend it is not. The thing I want to address is something Janet uh, brought up on Kind of Funny Games Daily. First of all, she may yeah, be the arbiter funny. of all things indie. So thanks for that. That's a lot of pressure. Sure. Um, but also, we have some questions about Phoenix Labs and how they get in that money. Yeah, they're, these are these are rich people. <laughs> these are some people who are like they were like they had a PAX booth and it was amazing, fantastic job whoever put that together. They were the lanyard at PAX. Mm-hmm. Like they showed up at Summer Game Fest. They have been like uh, 
getting themselves out there. The awareness of Fay Farm is so much higher than I thought it would be. Like, to the point, I, I've seen those summer game fest prices. Whew. That's what I they heard. Got, they, got, they got fucking money. The, land, the land is what sent me over the edge for it because I saw it at SGF and I guess I didn't think much of it. Again, I'm just like do do do. Like I'm just pressed. I'm like I'm here to just play and talk about it stuff, which is hard work. I'm not disparaging that, but like I don't. I'm not. <laughs> running that other stuff in the background <laughs> that y'all like immediately clock from looking at it so what what got me was the lanyard where i'm like yeah. wait a minute i'm that like whoa money. this has mm -hmm. to be like that and then and then again then you start to see it all differently where i looked at their setup at packs and i'm like it's a lot of square feet it's a lot yeah. more props it's a lot of decor and again they did a great job great um, job and it's awesome that they have those resources for sure oh, yeah. amazing but I'm like kind of blown away by I'm like, whoa, I think I even saw them have I'm going to try to look it up. I feel like they had a couple of like paid sponsor spots on some like pretty big websites, too. And I'm like, they got the sponsors. Sponsor like, yeah, it was yeah. just sponsoring. It was so, they had a press, the freaking influencer thing. It's it's raining Fay Farm. And I'm like, holy cow. So now that Jan has pushed me upon this pedestal. Uh, of of coming down on on topics like this, I did look into the rabbit hole, and I will decide these are indies. This this is an indie developer. They developed and published it themselves. They are not owned by anybody. They have their independence as of twenty twenty three early this year. They are completely independent. It does seem like the de the developers come from big places like uh, Riot Games and Bioware and Capcom, so it seems like they are in a good position to have connections to know how to do tech funding so they are uh playing that system real well uh so hey, is indie boom yeah hey if uh <laughs> they want some good quality content from the indie in our uh what'd you say indie arbiter oh uh, sure yeah sure uh MD, indie arbiter and friends uh hit us up <laughs> we broke <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean that's this isn't the first game that people like not just you jill but again like yours is the most important in my mind that is what it is <laughs> i don't think you can change it find someone better than you and i'll swap them good luck <laughs> um but i mean there's plenty of indies that like, at least we cardiogram as, as indies that have like you know huge i mean devolver itself it's like a freaking yeah. amusement park so it's not like this is the first time i've seen an indie title tossing around that coin but i was like i think there's just this hit this kind of just hit the streets and it kept running. And I was like, yep. holy cow. Like it really it came out of nowhere. Yeah. I really took a lot of like, it's one that I had on my radar because I'm like a farming person, but I kind of, you know, I also have paleo pines, but I'm not pa paleo pines ain't hot in the streets right now. You know, <laughs> I'm not even sure I said the name of the game, right? I'll be honest, but there's dinosaurs in it and I'm excited. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's been really exciting also just to see so many people in my circles, at least cover it and talk about it because this is the sort of thing where since it's not like Animal Crossing or something, you know, like it it ends up being only covered oftentimes by like the more niche sectors of online mm -hmm. game coverage. So I'm glad to see like I'm always down for like a farming game, a visual, not like, anything like that that kind of can break out a bit more. And it's like, oh, yeah, people are talking about this. Like people are dropping yeah. the reviews. They're doing the coverage. Like it's exciting to see. Mm -hmm. Another game dropping reviews and getting coverage right now I'm super excited for is Gun Barella. Like, mm -hmm. I have my review up right now. If y'all have any interest in this game, you should be playing it. It is fantastic. It is not... Uh, I think if you go into it wanting it to be a, like, super narrative, heavy sort of inspired game, that might not be... It. It's not that. It's not... It, it has a, a narrative structure upon which the game rests that does not break 
under that weight and that's really all it needs to be. It is so much fun to play. It is uh, clever. It is witty. It is funny and dark and really gruesome sometimes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, go check it out. I am. I have enjoyed it immensely. It took me about seven and a half, a little over seven and a half hours to roll credits. So it's not a huge game. Uh, it looks like, Mike, you got to play a little bit of this too. Yeah, I jumped in a little bit today um i think legit like 45 minutes or so but it's such a delight to play it just feels so good it's so fun just flying around in the world and then like catching like the a great angle on a dude like and just striking down from the top it's so good and like yeah it's not something that's gonna grab i mean like there is some intrigue and mystery in there but it's not something like heavily reliant on the narrative to some extent but like what's there i am interested in like the characters are all fascinating to talk yeah. to and I, I love the quest structure so far and yeah i'm excited to just make it my entire personality for like the next week or so <laughs> yeah. I find play games also josie from doing soft is a delight and and i'm glad that like he's getting all the love and, and attention that the team deserves 100 when i said hello to him at pax west just like a quick like side thing saw him from like a first off like i i see paul from devolver like one of the main marketing dudes uh from devolver he's taking a selfie with shu and i'm just trying to distract him like she was, she was everywhere yeah. he's everywhere yeah i saw him um, and i wanted to dive at him and get a picture but i didn't i briefly saw him he was, was definitely like end of day he was on the on a chair just chilling i was like a quick hello and i'll leave him alone um but then i see at the corner of my eye like something very sparkly and it's josie with like the s- most glitteriest fucking pants you've ever seen in your life <laughs> oh and, yeah and they- the long lamb just like him chilling with the long lamb he was like hey buddy he and mentioned like those pants when I met him the next day. Dude, they were great. That he was rocking the, like, the sequins. <laughs> like, we're catching up or whatever. He was like, hey, hold on, hold on a second. Do you, do you want a video game that's only been exist- that only exists physically? I'm like, yeah, sure. And he just slips uh, Demon Throttle in my pocket uh, unsolicited. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great, man. <laughs> and then just to shout out games that I am in love with but don't want to take up so much time talking about. Um I doesn't exist. Everyone should have this on their radar. This might be a mm-hmm. game of the year contender. I've not finished it, yeah. but it is so freaking weird. So it is bizarre. It is it is making me think. Myth Force, I love. I have loved it since I first played it last year. I loved it all the way through early access. It is out of early access. I oh, so beautiful, so much silly fun. Killing mushrooms. Yeah. And then I also want to shout out Chance of Senar. 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 Mm-hmm. It is it is unique in a way games usually are not in a sort of like Signs of the Sojourner sort of way. Cool. Um, you are playing essentially in the Tower of Babel uh, with the idea that nobody can speak to each other anymore. It is post uh, punishment for hubris. You are not able to communicate and you are slowly piecing together. It is a puzzle game where you are piecing together how to talk to people and it is amazing uh so go check that out janet what else you got on your shout out list um i just have good ball goodbye volcano high which i think mike you're also playing right yeah i put like an hour and I, I finished the first episode okay i'm like i think i'm like two or three episodes in or two i don't remember how many episodes in i, I spent like two hours on it um this was one that was like i've been watching forever this was one of the 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 meme ones of like when are we gonna see it again um and yeah i was excited for this because i just like anything that's kind of story driven and the vibe seemed cool 
Um, I was neutral on them being dinosaurs. Uh, one of my colleagues. You're just so from, stoked about dinosaurs with paleo, I, whatever the hell yeah, you're playing. With the, paleo yeah, paleo pines, I think. Well, assuming that's, sorry, paleo pines people, if that's not the name of your game. I think that's how you say it. <laughs> I think that's what it is. <laughs> um, I should just Google that at some point. But um, yeah, well, it's because, too, like one time one of my colleagues once said, like, that the art reminds them of deviant art and i've never been able to unsee that so i'm like oh you're kind of right now that people aren't doing dope stuff on deviant art yeah, Devi- yeah, yeah deviant artists don't come for me there's like the spread is wide it's just, okay but here's know. here's what i really need no to know from it. you janet what do you think about mango 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 isn't that the, wow. com- the, 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 the little worm yeah. or the worm oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. they're cute yeah like i'm down for like a little worm weirdness so the tldr of my thoughts on this game is uh, it just it didn't really end up clicking for me um i don't think i'll continue it just because the, the space is so i'm so like backlogged that i'm like i would love to see it to see like maybe my opinion changes over time um mm-hmm. but yeah like i think just um there's some really cool stuff going on with some of the presentation stuff the ui the overall premise of you know high school ending being like the end of the world and there's being this kind of like end of the world actual threat and there's aspects to it that i def- definitely appreciate but i think just the the drama wasn't like juicy enough for me in those first two episodes and the rhythm aspect. I didn't really love the feeling of it. There were some like interesting sound design choices with kind of how they show when you like hit a sound versus it matching the song. I felt like they were a little mismatched at times. Mm. The timing felt weird for me too. So I did like the music though, like the actual music from mm-hmm. the bands, like from that, like God, what's it called? Worm something warm drama warm drama's music i actually really did enjoy um which <laughs> isn't always the case for great me sentence. you know yeah like <laughs> we are okay like i like some of those tunes but then other tunes i really hated um in this one i'm like oh all these songs are like super cool um but yeah it's kind of where i where i landed with it which is a little bit of a bummer just because um when you have these indies that you're following for so long and then you get them and then you don't end up liking them as much as you thought you would you're kind of like damn well Another journey to have, you know, Little Devil Inside. I'll see you in 2025, baby. Let's go. Um, but Mike, where are you at with this one? I really love it so far. Um, I, I actually, earlier today, I was watching the PS I Love You with you and Greg talking yeah, about yeah. it a little bit. I know uh, Greg said he didn't really connect with it because, like, the whole band high school thing was never his scene. Sure. Like I said earlier, I've been in and out of bands my entire life. Like, this is literally me in high school, like, yeah. spending my summer writing songs and, like, trying to get on Warp Tour and, like, doing the Ernie Ball Battle of the Bands thing. And and, and being a stuff. dinosaur. And yeah. being a dinosaur. That's the most <laughs> important I don't like the, the way their tails stick out of their pants, too, bothers me. But, like, I know it's just a like, choices. <laughs> There's a hole. It's fine. I know. But then also, like, the headpieces that stick out of the hair. It's like they have wigs on. Anyway. Wow. Sorry. Continue. Wow. Discriminating <laughs> against dinosaurs. Jeez. Yeah can't believe we're here um no so all that stuff like it's really connected with me like it feels really authentic like it does feel like the devs i think greg kind of alluded to this also it feels like the devs went through this shit and like Mm -hmm. it's hitting so hard for me like yeah that's that juicy drama is there for me like i feel the drama in terms of like are they gonna nail the audition like are they gonna be all right like is jc gonna be a fucking dick to them and not like the song all of a sudden are the two other bandmates gonna like cause drama because like thang is like taken over as like solo singer songwriter kind of thing and like maybe leaving them out a little bit changes oh it's so good so yeah i'm all in i'm i'm really excited to just like immerse myself into it and i think it's relatively short what like five ish hours so i think so yeah yeah i'm excited to just like kind of like find some time sit and just immerse myself in the story i i do like the rhythm stuff quite a bit um i like that it's not just like four on the floor like you're just like 
following along with the beat. I like that it's following like some of the melodic stuff and and getting hi cat, uh, getting a little <laughs> intricate with it. Uh, and yeah, just um, yeah, it, it keeps it a little spicy. I guess is a good way to put it. If I get to the end of this game and anything happens to Mango, the game's garbage. So I mean, your choices matter. Don't we know at the beginning that. The di- nope. Are they all a little nope. bit doomed? I don't Mango know. Is Mango is gonna live. Mango's not a dinosaur, so it's gonna Mango be fine. Could crawl into That's the true. ground. Yeah, maybe, maybe Mango is what ends up carrying on the legacy of worms. Yeah. Oh my god! Mango turns into a butterfly at the end of this game. Yes, that's the whole thing. I love it. Point. Mike, what else are you gonna shout out for this week? Uh, yeah, I've been mostly just disassociating on the couch, just dealing with trauma, frustration, and disappointment. <laughs> so I haven't played much yet. Uh, but I dipped my toes into noir play with your food. I think it's the whole, mm. the full title. Um, it is just a really fun sandbox of just like, like little scenes of different food scenarios. And you know, one scene you're just pouring, cereal and you could like control the milk and you could change the color of the milk and you just like make a mess you could there's like a magnet tool that like magnetizes all the food and makes like a whirlwind around you it's just like zone out listen to some cool tunes and just like fuck around um but there i like there are a lot of games like this where it is just like a sandbox and play around but this is one of the games i'm playing on ps5 it's one of the games that had that has like a really intelligent correlation with the trophy system so like if you look into the trophies there are secrets you can uncover and things you can do so like if you are i think if you're like for example with like popping popcorn was like i think the first thing if you're popping popcorn to the rhythm of the song you can unlock like rhythm mode or whatever and like all like disco lights come on and whatnot so it seems like there are like a lot of secrets within all the different scenarios so i'm excited to kind of like go go through it naturally and then like kind of reference the trophy list and see like what i can do aside from just like making a mess so really quick is the um is the trophy list the only indicator of like almost like progression like how do you go from one like because it's a bunch of vignettes right like how do you go from one to another is there like is whenever you want to leave to the next one or is it yeah Yeah. you could like it's like the popcorn one, for example. Like once I popped all the popcorn, like it tells you like you could zoom out and then you zoom out the vignette and then you could move on to the next okay. one. So like there's sort of a clear indicator of like when you finished it, like when you put all the cereal in the bowl or <laughs> so on and so forth. But like it seems like you could pop in and pop out whenever you want. Cool. This is another one with Volcano High. Like this was announced for PS5 yeah. like, development for yeah. a long yeah, time. Like, How's the so. um the dual sense stuff? Because I know that was like a wasn't that a big thing they were talking about, or did I hallucinate that? I haven't noticed anything really yet. That maybe really maybe they out. never said that that was a thing, and I'm just yeah, like, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I, I I vaguely remember a little bit about that too, though. But yeah, maybe maybe I'm just like wishing. Can you pour thinking. the milk again and hold the controller in your yeah. ear and tell me what you feel? <laughs> Do it right now. Go ahead. You ever touch it. a controller no, and it feels like a, a bottle of milk? You know, just yeah. <laughs> a lukewarm bottle of milk. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's cool so far. I'm excited to kind of like yeah, it's a good like late night. I had a long day. Let me just mm-hmm. zone out and throw hot, hot dog buns against the wall or some shit. You know, mm-hmm, <laughs> like yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's the scenario. Uh, the one thing is um, you have like a tool set, like you have like a, this magnetic thing uh, that's like a, that makes like gravity walls around you. There's also like blow torches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Some of the tools are a little hard to like so the control scheme is a little wonky. Like it's not yeah. like the most like easiest thing to kind of 
navigate, I guess. But um, that could just be like, I legit put like 25 minutes into it. So that could just be like a. No, I noticed that a little bit as well. Yeah. It just feels a little weird. It feels like it could have been constructed a little better, but it doesn't take away from the fun. And have Um, you jumped into Axolotl a lot? I played 20 minutes. Okay. (laughs) Another, Good. Uh, yeah, the, this is all today, by the way. Yeah, that came out like today. That, that's the thing. Yeah, like, yeah. it's out today. I was gonna hit yeah. Gooby. I swear to God. But yeah, these I, four like, games I have all played today. This is next on my list of of things I need to pick up and write about because it looks absolutely hilarious. I love the tone of this game, and I feel so bad that I have not jumped into yeah. it yet. Yeah, it's a roguelite dungeon crawler. Uh, it's it's straight up Hades with all intents and purposes. Like maybe without a lot of like the horniness you ain't coming across some horny uh axolotls um but it's really cute it, it looks beautiful it has it's not taking itself seriously like i mean the the opening cutscene, like they show like evil animals taking all the children and, and food and stuff and then it seems like to be this like really dramatic thing and then yeah there's a close-up of your main axolotl like just pulling up an ak and it's like okay yeah <laughs> um but yeah, it's very similar structure to Hades. You are going room by room. You have a choice of like once you defeat a room or finish a room, uh, you get a chest, a loot drop. It could be some form of currency, a weapon, health, so on and so forth. Then you have a choice of going through different doors of like, okay, do I want to go through this door for currency? Do I want to go through this door for a new weapon? Do I want to go to the shop? Um, so if you played Hades, very familiar. It's just cute axolotls um the gunplay feels really good it's like a top-down twin six shooter to some extent except with like the trigger is shoot so it's not like fully twin stick mm-hmm. um the most impressive thing so far and it's the reason i'm gonna keep going back to it this this game it has a chow garden <laughs> oh what is the ch- are the chows um axolotls though or are yes. they okay. oh my gosh okay yeah so throughout the world, like one of the doors you can find, you'll, you'll see an axolotl head and you go in there and it's this beautiful tree surrounded Cute. by water. There's a unicorn having lunch to your left. Oh, my and God. You go yeah. The, you go to the bottom of the tree and you you grab a little baby axolotl egg. Cute. And when you go back to the hub world, uh, there is like a little farm section where all your baby axolotls are. And you have to like each run, you have to like nourish them and feed them and it seems like you could like just get a squad of axolotls to play with i think that's like the end goal but you hatch an axolotl like a killer team they come with guns do the guns hatch out the eggs (laughs) (laughs) you spray them with a little uh little mist bottle because they're dirty and then you pet them to make them feel welcomed and if you neglect them they won't feel happy but are you an axolotl petting other axolotls yes it's it's axolotl on on axolotl action okay are you is it like the anthropomorphization is it like a goofy a goofy pluto thing Kind of situation? Oh. Oh, maybe. Okay. Um, I That's definitely, a little scary. I'm definitely, I'm definitely down. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely maybe the dad of these axolotls. Okay, so maybe I, it's more, okay. The adopted dad. The adopted yeah. dad, because I found them got it. with yeah. the unicorn. I don't know if the unicorn. Not the stepdad, but the dad who stepped up. I got you. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And like, they're all like, like the axolotl, the two I found so far, there's like a corgi axolotl and a banana axolotl. <laughs> this segment what? is my favorite thing on yeah, any show I'm on. <laughs> I'm so sad I haven't. It's okay. So there's a unicorn so having lunch. Also, you have this cereal, right? You pour into a bowl. Boom. You're done. Next level. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Indie games. <laughs> <laughs> they're so good. Speaking of Jenny, bring um, us home with the things you've been playing. 
Oh gosh. I, I feel like I haven't gotten the chance to play really much of anything new. Like all of these games y'all are listing. I'm like, I know I have, I have a code for that. Uh-huh. I have a code for that. Yeah. Yep. I just have not. A lot of unread in the inbox. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, but I have been playing. So I played the room actually. I did like a sponsored stream for it last night, full disclosure, but I am now obsessed with the series. Like I already downloaded all the rest of them and I'm just like going to go nice. through. It's like this escape box game. So if you've ever like, like everyone was talking in stream, we were like, have you seen the intro to glass onion where at the very beginning of the movie they all get that like box that they have to puzzle through it's basically a video game of like boxes and boxes and boxes and there's like loose lore that i think they're going to continue through where you're descending into madness potentially like unlocking a demon or some sort of like otherworldly cthulhu-ish-esque presence or de- demonic presence um i don't know i don't even really get the story the puzzles are just so much fun um it's really tactile i love that like you actually like pull the drawers out and turn the keys and move you know the marble and it's just it felt so good to play and the puzzles were not like based on intelligence per se it was all observation so i also never felt like like an idiot complete. Well, no, I did feel like an idiot, <laughs> but it did, like didn't feel like it was setting me up for failure. Like some puzzle games do. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like when you get into like mist or the witness, sometimes you're just like, man, these devs really want me to like throw my head against the wall for a little bit, but it, that didn't feel like that at all with the room. So I'm excited to hop into other ones. Um, sea of stars. I'm just like, oh, I'm, I want to, I think about playing that game so much. I've only gotten through maybe like the first couple hours. So just through the sort of tutorial section when they're younger and, you know, they're learning skills and they're like basically in like warrior training school, um, complaining about sewing (laughs) because that's a whole thing (laughs) apparently to become a warrior. And, um, so far I'm just in love and I just want to like have time to sit with that game. That was uh, supposed to be my big like PAX flight game. Um, Wait, did anyone play anything? while they were traveling or is that all alive no, no that's no, all I, I cannot so instead like, of doing that like i i put the steam deck on my lap but yeah. then i saw somebody in the row in front of me and like adjacent was watching inside out so i watched the entirety of inside out on <laughs> island and i still cried at the bing bong scene oh, <laughs> oh my no gosh, yeah. why did you bring that up oh well that's the way it's like i also i downloaded i had sea of stars ready mm-hmm. i was like i'm gonna play this i have mm-hmm. a three-hour train ride that actually turned into like far longer because there was like fires across the tracks and they had to like stop the train and like let the yeah, fire department good. do their thing oh okay. absolutely wild Glad um, you're safe. but no yeah me too <laughs> um didn't play anything i just kind of like disassociated and stared out the window and like, i love yes. that though yeah it was quite <laughs> nice <laughs> um so yeah sea of stars been poking at it but really hope to get in depth like this weekend i say not even convincing myself. Um, and then Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood. Um, we've actually been playing it for Geeks and Grounds, which is this like game club that I host. And I'm on my second playthrough. And what's been really cool um, is choosing a very different path as the main character. And mm-hmm. the first time I play any game, really, I go in and I'm like, I'm going to try to do like, how would I react as yeah. myself, you know, trying to generally be a good person. In this game where you're a witch um, that's been in solitary confinement and like finally let back into the world in a sort of way, 
Uh, I've decided to play as like out for revenge, vengeance, like <laughs> grappling power wherever I can get it. And it has been really interesting. Um, so very excited to be replaying Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood for, for the club and like talking through a lot of the themes. It is maybe one of my favorite narrative games this year. Um, maybe one of my favorite indies. It's definitely up there. Like the story structure is so fascinating because it moves from like following Fortuna, this witch that you play, um, this internal struggle that she's had, then you get to meet some of like her most closest friends and learning about the coven. And then there's like a whole societal thing that happens. And the way that this game builds out the world is phenomenal. Like, yeah, if, and if you have any interest in narrative games in choice-based games, like this is it. Um, and deconstruct team has always been a great studio to follow. Like they did Red Strings Club. Yeah. <laughs> they did um, essays on empathy. So it's like really cool to see the progression of this team and just where they're at right now. So 100%. I need to watch yeah. that because I want to see how different that game plays when you make those kinds of oh, different man. decisions. I'm so excited. Yeah. Hello. I think the ending is going to be, I'm, I'm very excited for the ending. Yeah. <laughs> Um, how long did you mention how long it is by chance? Yeah, I think the first time I played through it, it was maybe about I'd say 10 hours, but that was also me reading out loud. Sure, yeah. And so I imagine like if you're just kind of reading on your own, you probably go through faster. Okay, cool. I literally hopped onto Slack immediately and I'm like, hey, we got any more quotes for this game? Because I know my colleague yeah. Sarah Pazorski at MinMax played it and she's really excited to talk about it. And I'm like, if if y'all get me this, like I can then we at least we can have a conversation on it. Cause you're not the first person I've heard that from of like oh this is like one of the narrative bangers of the year and I'm like okay well now I have to check this out because I feel like it's gonna be super cool so and the art looks great so yeah yep so that's that's it hopefully this weekend I'm gonna get through that backlog (laughs) with that hope (laughs) the silence is deafening Um, before we wrap things up I have three quick things quick quick paleopines confirmed because I just got a key for it Okay. Un- unsolicited. So that's the name of that game. Um, popular. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have nothing else to add. Um, Jill, you mentioned I doesn't exist. I just want to give a quick shout out to um, Brian Clark and then a friend of mine, Hunter Bond. They are the new co-managers of Dread XP. They got that news okay. broke today. Cool, cool. Um, just a little shout out. Uh, and then there was an update with the Unity stuff. <laughs> oh my God, really? Oh my gosh. Uh, what? Update, update. Go. So, Agro tweeted out, just had a long call with the Unity reps. They gave us some answers that they will that they say will be public soon. We didn't come away with any renewed trust in Unity or this policy, which we still think is total ass. <laughs> but allegedly, real answers to a lot of speculation slash mis- misinfo is on the way. Out of respect for the employees who didn't make the decision and are just trying to hold everything together, we are going to refrain from the discourse until more info is out there. But we'll continue to be honest with our opinions on policy as more stuff comes to light. Okay. Interesting. So keep an eye on that news. Yep. And I'm sure we will probably touch on this subject again next week as well. So we'll see where it is in a week's time. But that's the end of this week's council. Thank you to everyone who is joining, who is listening, who is watching. Thank you to everybody who is the team back together. It's so nice to see all your faces again. Uh, How can people find this show? We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. How are we doing on Google? To be really honest, I have not checked. <laughs> I think we should be at this point. I would be shocked oh, if we were. It's just a matter of time. Um, 
but you've been yeah. off for an entire month. What the hell? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've just I've just been sitting, yeah, staring, doing on. nothing. Yeah. Yeah, when the show ends, be up. Jenny just powers everything down and sits in that same chair. Until yeah, I just yeah. wait until the next like, episode. <laughs> Yo, that's been my Monday and Tuesday so far. <laughs> well, this session is closed. Go play some indies. Oh, I have to hit the button. Mike has yeah. to hit the button, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>